What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a lot to talk about on today's show. We had a major firing in one of the CW shows, and a regular, a series regular on one of the shows, is no longer a part of the cast due to some controversial tweets. So we'll be talking about that. We also got some interesting, uh, we, I was pretty surprised to hear about what CW is going to be doing with Batwoman. We had first heard that they were going to do a recast. That's not quite what's going to happen. Of course, Ruby Rose will not be returning, but who puts on the cow in terms of not just the actress, but the actual character for season two will be different. So that will be something to, to, to take note of. Um, and then we got some stuff with uh, movies. This is a lot of the heavy DC show here. We got you know some stuff with the Flash movie, which you guys probably, you know, we haven't talked about the Flash movie since we last talked about uh, the Ezra Miller fiasco. Uh, but there are some rumors about who may be appearing in that movie. We also got some rumors about what kind of spinoffs Warner Brothers may be uh, considering making. And, uh, and and then I think an interesting conversation, an interesting kind of retrospective at uh an older movie, a movie that we've kind of joked about on this show. We never actually reviewed because I think it came out before this show started. But um, uh, Josh Trank, the director of the, of the Fantastic Four movie, the I guess the second reboot of the Fantastic Four, had uh, had some interesting comments about the pushback he had regarding casting in that movie. So we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. We had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Stargirl as our episode recaps. So I'm excited to do this show. It should be a, a good one. Join me are my co-hosts, starting with uh, Shamari Stewart. Sham, I do think it's crazy how uh, we were singing the praises of Evan Peters last week uh, <laughs> and his acting ability and his skills. And uh, I, I think it might have been as soon as I hit upload on the podcast, he's out here showing his behind. Canceled. Showing his behind on social media. And sometimes you can't win, man. Like, this isn't a live show, obviously. So sometimes you can't win, but I feel like anybody who listened to that show probably was like, is this the same dude that is trending right now for all the wrong reasons? Like, I couldn't believe the next day he was literally trending for 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 those tweets that he put out there. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, took, it caught me by surprise as well. I mean, I think that very night, next thing I don't know, look and I see. Yeah, next morning, yeah. Yeah, or next morning, yeah. He's, he's all over trending. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just... What, what exactly did he say? I like forgot exactly that. It, so he, he, I, I know he retweeted some some nonsense, right? Yeah. yeah he so retweeted he retweeted a, a video of so there was a video of the guy who was running. It was, it's, it, I don't think it's a funny video. It was, it's, it's kind of funny because the guy is like I guess he was a looter or whatever, and he yeah. was he ran for like blocks, and the cops were just chasing this guy. So I'm like, I, I mean, you chasing this one guy, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but. Uh, and the guy at the end of the video, the cop tackles the guy into like a police car or into like a yeah. car or something like that. And the the, the caption of the of the tweet was, you know, I can watch I can I can watch Luda getting tackled by the cops all day, something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, Peter that, retweeted yeah, that. that. Yeah, and that people were like, screw oh, this man. guy, Evan Peters. You know, he wants he likes seeing cops tackling <laughs> Luda. You know, he's promoting that. And he came out with a you know an apology tweet. Oh, I didn't. I accidentally retweeted it. Yeah, he said he accidentally retweeted. Which people it. are like, it takes two or three steps to retweet something. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, it does. It's no longer the oh, I just pressed the button and now like you can yeah. accidentally like some stuff that I can see. A retweet. Yeah, that's I that's. A, I don't know how you do that. That's an old middle age thing. Like people, <laughs> some people when when J.K. Rowling was first starting to get in trouble, people were they were saying, oh, she had a middle aged moment. 
And then just recently, she doubled down on, so it wasn't no middle <laughs> yeah, age, nothing. Yeah, exactly. She clearly a very, uh, very uh, emphatically believes what she's saying. So yeah, it's, ah, it's just unfortunate <laughs> that this is that this is what what yeah. the situation is. But I mean, we have those kinds of views, or you're you're, you're spreading those kinds of messages. Yeah, it comes back to bite you. And shout out to the great Maya Angelou. Remember she said, you know, if someone uh, shows you who they are, believe them the first time. You know what I'm saying? So, so in terms of J.K. Rowling, that's obviously what happened. Um, it's unfortunate that Evan got himself kind of caught up in this foolishness with that just ridiculous retweet. Um, but, yeah, I just thought it was funny. Kendall, of course, on the show as well. Kendall, uh, yeah. what are you looking forward to talking about today? Uh, we have a lot of interesting topics. Uh, like you laid out, obviously, some, a lot of CW shakeup that we're going to talk about. Um, also, some interesting stuff with DC. So, uh, I'm excited. Um, and we're also now, uh, I believe, six months away from the moratorium being up on the Daredevil Netflix contract. Mm. You know? So, once, once we get past six it's like months. The second birthday for Feige. Yes. Uh, Daredevil will officially be uh, back at Marvel Studios. Uh, it does make you wonder if all those comments Charlie Cox has been saying where he's like, I don't know nothing, I, I haven't had any conversations, I don't know what you're talking about. Some of that may be some legal stuff with you know, his contract. And the I Daredevil. Say he's another Pedro Pascal or it's like, no, I'm not yeah. playing the Mandalorian. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so now we're sixty. We're uh, six months away, a little less than six months away. So that that's uh, exciting. That is exciting. That is exciting, man. Um, I think that uh, I do think that there, there could possibly be some legal stuff happening with why he's been so careful with his words and saying that you know there's nothing happening. You're never gonna see. You're never gonna see Daredevil again. Like you know, he's been, yeah. yeah, he's been very defiant with how he's been talking. So that could definitely be part of why we're hearing that. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. You know, we all want, we all love Charlie Cox. We all loved what Daredevil um, did on Netflix and the people at uh, Marvel Television. Again, once again, we got to shout out Jeff Loeb and his squad for what they put together. And knowing that Feige, you know, now has kind of a blueprint for how to do Daredevil well, and we know what he's capable of already. I think there's no reason uh, not to be excited with what the future holds. Um, I think Luke Cage and Iron Fist come off soon too. Uh, I think they yes. come off this year as well, so they'll also be available. You know, we've heard the rumors about maybe Iron Fist being a part of Shang Chi, so we'll see if that's uh, true and if that ends up uh, happening. So, uh, so yeah, there's, there's a you know closer, we're closer and closer to the whole family being back together in regards to Marvel. There are very few characters that they don't have some kind of creative control over mm-hmm. um, in terms of Marvel Studios and Marvel movies. So that's a that, that's a great thing. That's a, that's a good thing. That's a positive thing for everybody. But uh, let's start the show. Um, it's kind of on the same note that we had with uh, Mr. Peters. Uh, as I said before, we had a firing on the CW. Harley Sawyer, who plays the Ralph Dibney character, the elongated man character on The Flash, he has been axed, fired, let go. He is out of a job. He is off the cast. Um, he will. Uh, they released a statement on CW saying he will not be returning for season seven. Of the Flash. Now, guys, this all comes amidst some very, uh, let's call it what they are. They are racist, they are misogynistic, and they are flat out. Um, grotesque. Biz- yeah, grotesque and bizarre tweets that he put out. Um, 
they the tweets I believe range from you know 2012 to 2014, and as you guys who've watched the Flash know, uh, Sawyer is a young man, but he's not 20. You know, <laughs> no, he's probably in his <laughs> he, mid he late 30s the, or whatever. So you you're telling me he can't pull the? Well, I was 15. I didn't mean it. Yeah, it was like when yeah when A Rod was trying to say you know person. yeah it's like when A Rod was saying that he was young and stupid when he was doing steroids at like twenty six, twenty seven. <laughs> it's like I mean, what? Yeah. So Josh trying... Allen can get away with that. It would get away with some bad tweets. You know, Dante DiVincenzo can get away with some bad tweets. Yeah, guys you know, in high Josh school. Hader, you know, yeah, yeah Josh Hader, high, high school. You know, these are all Luke Hader, yeah. About. yeah, exactly. But you know, but but uh, not not uh yeah, this is not going to be something that's going to fly with him. In this situation, so they they got rid of him. I'm not that surprised to be honest. Uh, the tweets are awful. I mean, there's no because then whenever you get one of these stories, it's like, all right, well, how bad are the tweets? And that's well, my first reaction. My thing is, okay, well, how bad were the tweets? And a lot of them I can't read on the show. You know, I mean, I guess we're not technically you know under some kind of FCC thing, but we you know we don't say anything reckless. We're, we're a PG show. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say PG 13. I'd say maybe PG 13. But um, but yeah, this, all the <laughs> stuff is bad. I mean, the, the only the one only one I could read here probably is when he 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 said, "If I had a wife, I would beat the hell out of her tonight." LOL. And that's one of the tame ah, ones. Ah, 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 ah. That, so that's one. That's one of the tame ones he put up there. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else I could read. I I don't think I can really read a lot of this stuff, man. Um, yeah, but you can find it online. You know, yeah, it's so, out there. You know, interesting in what he said. You know, it, the, it's uh, the mirror in 6 by 10, or uh, the mirror in 6 times X, or, or 6 times 17, or, you know, 6X17. That's the Twitter account. I know I butchered that account. So one more time, the mirror in 6X17. That's the uh, that's the Twitter account that, I guess, compiled all these tweets. I don't know who this person is or why they did it. In their name, they did say that they're not... Uh, they're not someone with CW. There was also, I guess, because her her um her profile picture is Candace Patton. There were people thought maybe this was Candace Patton, but she's saying that she's not Candace Patton either. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on here, but so, uh, this person I think is the person who put all these together. At least she's the one that has all the yeah. goods, and he's out. And according to uh, uh, the executive uh, producer. Uh, Eric Wallace, he said, quote, in regards to Mr. Sawyer's post on social media, it's never good, by the way, when they start calling you Mr. whatever your name is. <laughs> like, this is a person that works very intimately with this person. Yeah, like, I don't know use, him, but... I'm using Sawyer. his first name. It's like, when, whenever you get to that point of the relationship, or that point of the business uh, relationship, it's over. So, anyway, he said, in regards to Mr. Sawyer's post on social media, we did not to- we do not tolerate derogatory remarks that target any race, ethnicity, national origin, gender, or sexual orientation. And believe me, he hit all of them. Uh, Such remarks are anti-ethical to our values and policies which strive and evolve to promote a safe, inclusive, uh, and productive work environment uh, for our workforce. Which seems about right. Uh, Just, I gotta give him his due. Uh, No, not his due, but just his say in terms of Harley Sawyer. He did release a statement I ain't reading this whole thing, but uh, the, the actual part that's on t- Instagram, that the actual picture says, I'm not here to make excuses regardless of the intention. My words matter and they carry profound consequences and mine can have 
uh, can and have caused pain and embarrassment along with feelings I can only imagine to supporters and fans, my, and my castmates, to the crew, my colleagues and friends. I owe them all an apology. I owe each of you an apology. Thank you for holding me accountable. Were his posts. So, um, what do you guys make of this? We, we don't, we no longer have Ralph Dibney. Uh, this is the second CW yeah. show that now has a major issue with a cast member that's missing. Uh, we'll talk about what Batwoman's going to do in a second. But now the Flash, in a, in a season that didn't... I know they're calling it the end of a season, but it didn't actually finish. Um, it's just losing a character that they actually made strides with in regards yeah. to character development and, and, and kind of growing his own story. They even brought the uh, Sue... Uh, the Sue character who in the comic books becomes his wife into the fold, and now the actor's gone. So, what do you guys uh, make this? I go, to, I go to Shan first on this. Um, yeah, I mean he had to go. I mean, looking at the tweets, and it's similar to the Gun situation. You know, when Gun had to go, they eventually brought Gun back. Um, but yeah, he had to go. Um, I mean, it is what it is. When it comes to Ralph's uh, position on the show. I think that, um, I mean, I was growing to like Ralph more and more as the show went on. At first, I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this guy. But as time went on, as the seasons went on, he started to grow on me. So in terms of the character itself, I'm sad to see him go, I guess. I don't know if they're going to recast him. I don't know if they, I feel like they should just because he was such a central part of the team. I mean, to write him off, would you, I mean, you can. But, and it's kind of funny because with the stuff that he was saying and, and, and everything, I almost don't even really want them to write him off in any kind of honorable way. I don't want them to be like, oh, well, Ralph is saving some people and some others. Like, no, this Ralph, he's he just off the show. Let's just call it like it is. He's off the show and he deserves to be off the show uh, for what he said. So I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I would like them to recast and just see how it goes. I was telling Kendall earlier today. Uh, Ralph Dibney, in terms of a character, is not a character I haven't seen before. You know, I've seen this character before in various other things, other shows, books, etc. Kind of bumbling, has a good heart, uh, you know, learns how to be good at what he's trying to be good at. I mean, you can cast other other people of his, I guess, age category and you know, general size to play the role. So I think they should recast um, and not just write him off the show. Yeah. Um, these are, this is an interesting situation um, in terms of the, the, the firing of, of, of Harley Sawyer. I, I, I mean, I think that he's got to go, you know, we're talking about somebody. I mean, the tweets were, I, I would say are worse than what James Gunn put out in terms of the, volume and just in terms of like the the like <laughs> it was a lot of layers to it in terms of the the several different issues um so i i feel like there's less gray area in terms of keeping him on unless you're just somebody that feels like what somebody does in the past you know like after a certain period of time is you know is irrelevant but uh, i mean that's not that's not the world we live in you know mm. like if somebody did something really serious, which I would argue these tweets were very seriously negative, um, they've got to go. Yeah, I mean, they they represent you. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
And uh, so I look, I think in terms of the Flash, uh, also, inter- also what's interesting is that you, it's funny you mentioned that the, the account uh, behind these, uh, these leaks, these, uh, these reveals, these tweets, um, came out, uh, and they had the uh, the Candace Patton, you know, profile picture, uh, because there's been a lot of a lot of back and forth in the Flash fandom over the last couple over the last week or so. Um, not necessarily about race, you know, behind the scenes, some behind the scenes stuff, some comments about race and stuff, and a lot of them uh, about Candace Patton, but it wasn't about Hartley Hartley Sawyer. He wasn't the the you know, the main person people were looking at, people were looking at Daniel Panabaker, who, you know, has had some interesting comments, some stuff that people yeah. can we didn't get like. Into, can we get into a little bit? I don't, I've seen people talking about Danielle, and I don't know what they're talking about. So can you enlighten me as quick as possible? I know you don't spend a million yeah. years on this. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the little bit I know, just look, at a lot of, you know, a lot of these conventions. It's, all right, so I'll start with this. You know, early, you know, in The Flash, obviously, there was... This idea of could Barry and Caitlin be a thing? Could Barry and Caitlin Snow, because Iris West was with Eddie, and there was kind of this back and forth, you know, the love triangle thing. This is yeah. a C- classic CW model. They always do that, yeah. You know, so there was a little talk, a little talk about, oh, maybe Caitlin Snow, and, you know, kind of like Olicity. There were some people that were like, oh, I'm pro, whatever you call it, you know, Baitlin or whatever it's called. <laughs> or, you know, I don't even, I'm not even going to say what it's called. I don't know. But regardless uh and caitlin snow or daniel pandemaker rather would go at these conventions and kind of hype that up you know for years like even when iris and barry were a thing she kind of said oh you know maybe it's a love triangle or something like that and like so a lot of people thought that that was passive aggressive and she maybe said some other stuff um but that's kind of that's kind of the gist of it some people looking at daniel pandemaker kind of funny like all right what do you what's the issue here I, i don't know I mean, I have to, you can look more into it if you want, if you want to get into the meats and bones of the real issue. But that's the crux of it and why a lot of Irish fans are upset. Um, so they've been, a lot of those people have been kind of, they've been itching to get somebody. And so they got Harley Sawyer. Um, and so, so it's not surprising. But in terms of the flashes, uh, in terms of the, the way the show responds from this, I don't know. I, I don't think you, I mean, you can recast the character. Um, I think it's going to be a little awkward, but it's it's doable. It's kind of hard not to when you've introduced this major storyline behind the character. You know, you can write him off the show, but the way you do it, Dearborn. She's just not in the show. Do you write her off now? Like, you know, they probably like the actress, probably wanted her to stay around. Now she doesn't have a job. Like, he's very Jeremiah Danvers-esque. Yeah, you know, but at least Jeremiah Danvers was completely off the show, so <laughs> he had no storyline. It'd be like they wrote Jeremiah Danvers off. You know, like when they got him at, wow. <laughs> yeah, like right, yeah, like as soon as you find out he's working with Cadmus, they realize, oh, Dean Kane's MAGA, we gotta get him out of here. <laughs> so, this this is definitely not an opportune time to write a character off the show, but I almost think that it would be fitting to do so. Look, maybe you could say it's it's a bigger slap in the face to Sawyer to have his character recasted than it would be to dump his character but part of me just said just dump the character like i don't want nothing to do with hartley sawyer at this point you know just dump the character just say he went to south africa like he did with julian julian whatever his name was uh he did the tom felton 
they would South Africa, they went to Chicago to be a, <laughs> to be a detective or something, and, and, and write him off the show. And that's it. That's the last we heard of Ralph Dibney. You know, like, I, you don't have to mention his name ever again. And I think that that's fitting. You, some people may say, oh, he's my favorite character. Well, like, too bad. The, the, the actor was a racist, you know, among other things. So... I don't know. I mean, the show itself doesn't need a Ralph. It Dibney. doesn't need a Ralph Dibney. You could. There are plenty of DC characters that they could use in his place. Yeah, um, long, I mean, Elongated Man is a D-list hero. Yeah, probably a D-list. I mean, if we're talking on the grand scheme Maybe of DC, he's, he's nowhere near even a C-list. Is he nowhere? If we're talking DC, maybe C-list, probably right. D-list. Yeah, <laughs> but. Like not nobody, a lot of the people that saw Justice League have no. He ain't in a top two movie. stretchy man. <laughs> no, yeah, not top in, two. in superheroes. We got yeah, Mister Fantastic. We got Mr., we got Plastic yeah. Man. He's like he's third we, fiddle with being a stretchy man. Got Mon- Monkey D. Luffy in one in one piece. <laughs> yeah. Got plenty of stretchy yeah, characters. He, he's alongside um, Rubber Band Man. Yeah, yeah, honestly, <laughs> like him, Rubber Band Man. To black people, he's he's like four or five. <laughs> but regardless. Um, no, I think that he's a replaceable character, so I would just get rid of the character, personally. If I was Berlanti, I would say, you know what, find a way to get rid of the character. We can keep two Dearborn around if you want. If you feel like that would be kind of an awkward black eye on the show, having her around, although that sounds kind of messed up, like, just the idea of, oh, the character's just here because Ralph Dibney, he's not here. Then you you have to write her out. But if not, then you can keep her around or replace him with the question, replace him with... Somebody completely different that has nothing to do with detective work. Yeah, she she's probably very upset. The actress. Oh yeah, she's, she's that very guys like. And she gone. was great too. She was yeah. very good. I forgot she her name. A few good things about the show. Lately. Yeah, I know. Um, I got I got to get her name because I, I wanted to make sure I, I correctly shot her out on this uh, podcast. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, this is this is obviously not great. Um, it's unfortunate, obviously that. Uh, Harley did these tweets, you know, like, you know, he's, uh, we all think, I think we all agree that he's a talented actor. He's done a good job with the role and it's unfortunate it came to this, but I don't think DC really gave them much of a choice. Um, I also do find it interesting how now he's probably more expendable than James Gunn, but I, I do take note of how no one's come to this guy's defense. When the James Gunn thing happened, everybody on the cast was like, okay, this is bad, but... And we can argue if that was fair or if that was the right thing to do. We can still argue that. But that was the reaction from the cast. uh, Yeah, I was all for my guy Dave Bautista sticking up and saying, I'm not doing this movie with James Gunn doing it. Yeah, no, you were with... telling you, man, he had the power, but... And we know Dave is a very principled guy. Yeah, Yeah. And I don't think that the people in the Flash cast aren't principled either. I I think that they're they seem to be very principled. In fact, um, no, no, they're making a calculated decision. Yeah, they decided we're nah, in. we good. <laughs> that makes no sense. In the times that that we're in, and with with how, I mean, let's be real, how expendable his character is. Yes, you know, I mean, with James Gunn. Honestly, I mean, what is Guardians of the Galaxy without James Gunn? I you know I would I agree. It, it, I agree that look, Ralph Dibney way more expendable than James, <laughs> even though James Gunn's not even on screen. He's right. way more expendable. But I, I, part of me wonders if, even if this was Greg Gustin, I think he'd be out of here. They just did it with Batwoman, like <laughs> Batwoman left, but they, they're doing it now with Batwoman. I feel like if this is Greg Gustin, he'd be out of here. 
I don't know with what he did. I mean, these are awful. I mean, the tweets again. We can't name all of them, but the ones, the few I read were were awful. So I mean, right now CW. I don't know if they could. I don't know if they'd be able to to handle the backlash (laughs) from from keeping a a racist, you know, racist homophobe misogynist uh, as a cast member on one of their one of their main one of their honestly flagship. Uh, yeah. TV show. But the, my question is though, do you guys think that if what was happening in the world wasn't happening, do you think he gets fired this quick? No. No. Why are you sure? Uh, mm, well, how long ago were his tweets like discovered? It was like today. <laughs> it was like yesterday. Yeah, it was yeah. like it was quick. Um yeah. it was quick. I I don't know exactly today. But it wasn't like it was some long thing. It may have been a couple of days, maybe. Okay. It was not. It was not it a was long time. Today. I'm trying and to exactly find it. It was. Oh no! So it was a while ago. It was May 30th. So that's a, that's a while. It's a week. Okay. No. No. Yeah. I think. I think it would have been about the same amount of time. Um. Because if it was the day of, then I'd be like, no. <laughs> that, that's just. Then I rush. That's just that. CW saying, no, we're not dealing. We're with not dealing with any PR backlash. Any of this. Black Lives Matter, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but nah, like it, it, it was a week ago. Nah, I think I, that sounds about like the same as as Gun almost, if not if not uh, longer. Yeah, it might be actually longer than Gun. Yeah, because the Gun stuff was gun, like gun, it was so all public. over everywhere. It was all over every. Well, a, every yeah, Gun's a bigger, a bigger yeah. star, a bigger name. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a much bigger demand. Honestly, even with all this stuff going on, there's a much bigger demand to, to <laughs> yeah. get rid of Gun. Yeah, I so mean. They, so, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Flash later, but isn't it still wild Ezra Miller? He's still it's, telling you, he still hasn't said anything. I think this telling is a you mistake. that's the strategy. Man. I think it's a mistake. I want to keep as saying. Soon, it. I think yeah, as soon as he pops his head out, it's gonna be all hell going on. When we start <laughs> getting just, trailers, yeah. when we start getting interviews, press, yeah, press runs. I mean, this is a mistake. Yeah, this I is agree. a very idea. Because to me, like you know. Look, it's not I'm not saying that like like yeah. you know yeah. Harley's getting Sawyer is getting what he deserves here, but and Gunn got what he deserved when that happened. But we know we've talked about it, so there are people who kind of relish in this. I got the receipts of what you've done. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like by not addressing it and not trying to get ahead of it, like you almost feed that beast more. Like okay, we may not be on Ezra Miller today, but the rap they'll get when they try to prop him out there like nothing happened. And then people start doing their deep dives into that whole incident. And then they find the yeah. victim, and then she do a big interview. Like, it's going to be really well, then, bad. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, I mean, he was getting roasted this week because of his, his background. You know, some of the stuff he's, he's been into, some of the trouble he's got into in Boston, you know, some of the racial issues he's, he's, he's put himself in, the hate crimes, you know, that he's been accused of. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and this is, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll today this whole when I figured out Mark Wahlberg has been accused of multiple hate crimes <laughs> in, in his young adult life. But, um, so yeah, these things are always, these things are going to come, these things are going to happen, but um, I, it's just, it's fascinating that Warner Brothers took such action with this Hartley Sawyer thing, and but again, Ezra Miller, they haven't said a peep, haven't even, haven't even dis, disproved the, vi- the video. I even said that's not him. It never happened. Yeah, There's another story. They, they did nothing. Basically, an admission of guilt. Quiet at this point. And it's like, look, man. I think they, I think 
I think they listen to the podcast, man. <laughs> they listen to to yeah, my my to my, my lawyer strategy. Yeah, yeah. Kendall, Kendall, the crisis crisis management uh, expert here. <laughs> Don't say anything. Yeah, represent Ezra Miller. Um, nah, <laughs> this is a bad idea. <laughs> this is not going to end well. The Snyder Cut's going to come out. The Snyder Cut people is gonna also. See we, we didn't even talk about that. He hasn't. He, has he said anything? I don't think he said any. I don't think he said anything. They told him. They told him. Don't talk. It's clear. And it's like he, yeah, he really shouldn't say anything. <laughs> Otherwise, that will drive the, the Snyder cut into the ground. And it's like, uh, and they're still planning on coming out with that movie. Uh, I don't even know. And that's an atrocious video. When you see what he does, it's just like, <laughs> I'm even even thinking about. It, I'm like, man, with all this stuff going on, all the brutality. I'm like, do I even want to see that movie? And I love, I love, the, I love the Flash. <laughs> As a character, I love. Yeah, you've been movies. you've been an Ezra Miller fan prior to this. I like Ezra Miller's Flash. I didn't I didn't think he was a bad Flash, but Jesus, I mean, this. I'm literally like, do I want to support this movie? You know, I, I don't know. This is a that's a very bad decision by Warner Brothers. Which I mean, I th- I'm throwing him on top of the J.K. Rowling. Yeah, it's all part of Warner Brothers. It's all just Warner Brothers Warner like Brothers. kind of stay quiet very, with the with the big money making people. very bad decisions. I mean, I think the J.K. Rowling. Warner, Warner Brothers. Like, hired John, they hired James Gunn before Disney brought him back. So that yeah, tells you, they, you know, it's they, like, it's like they're just making money calculations. Not to say that other companies don't, but that's clearly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, but so, I mean, geez, this is a whole video. It's like, my God. So it's yeah, not well, even a tweet. It's not even an oh random thought. No, it's a video of him assaulting someone. It wasn't like from five years ago. It was like last week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like yesterday, and they just did nothing. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. even know. We'll, we'll talk more about uh, Flash in a little bit. Uh, I guess uh, the elongated man fan job, the poor one out for him. As I said, I, you know, I think he had to go. Um, it's unfortunate, you know. The Flash kind of already has enough trouble as it is, and him adding to it with his own stupidity from five, six, seven, eight years ago sucks. But it is what it is. Uh, so um, that's it. That's, that's it for so the Ralph Dibney character. I think though we don't know. They haven't said that they'll recast or if they'll just write off the character. Um, I, to be honest, I think that they can get away with a recasting if they wanted to, in my opinion. But as we're going to talk about with the next story, maybe CW doesn't really like that very much. So as I was saying. Uh, when Batwoman returns with a new woman in the cow, it won't just be a new actress uh, playing the role of Batwoman. It will be a, a new character also um, putting on the cow and being Batwoman for Gotham City. So it was first uh, it was confirmed by uh, THR, the Hollywood Reporter, earlier in the week that there was indeed a casting call that was put out that was looking for someone to play a a character. Um, let me see. I'm trying to get the name here. Uh, Ryan something. Ryan. Uh, Ryan Wildly. Wildly. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan Wilder. Wilder. Yeah, Ryan Wilder. Wilder. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were looking for someone who's not very much, not like Kate Kane at all. Uh, it described the character as quote likable, messy, a little goofy, and untamed. She's also nothing like well Kate Kane, like I just said, the woman who wore the bat suit before her. With no one in her life to keep her on track, Ryan spent years as a drug runner dodging the GCPD, masking her pain and bad habits, a girl who would steal milk for her alley cat, uh, so uh, for an alley cat, could also kill you with her bare hands. Ryan is the most dangerous type of fire, highly skilled and wildly undisciplined, an out lesbian, athletic, raw, passionate, fallible, and very much not your typical all-American hero. 
Um, they spoke to uh, the Batwoman showrunner Carolyn uh, Drives, I believe that's her pronounced her name. Uh, this week, she did a uh, she was in a conversation with uh, ATX Television Festival, and she was asked about why they're deciding to come up with a new character and not just recasting Kate Kane. And this was her explanation. She said, "I did consider the soap opera version." For a hot minute, selfishly, because we had a couple episodes already written and transition-wise, it would have been a seamless. It would have been seamless since we are actually already starting. Start. We actually already started breaking season two, but upon further reflection, and executive producer Greg uh, Greg Berlanti helped me make this call, and he's way smarter than me about this sort of stuff. He's like, no, I think we should just reboot the character in terms of reboot Batwoman as a different character, just. Uh, to also respect everything that Ruby put into the Kate Kane character. Um, interesting more, there. Look, she she says that she, uh, Dry, I'm reading this article, Dry would uh, go on to say that she hopes that the Ryan Wilder character will help fans accept the fact that it's someone else in the Batwoman costume. She adds, I just think it helps the audience a little bit too, that we're not asking them to address the elephant in the room. I'm inventing a new whole new character and in her past. She was inspired by Batwoman. She's going to take on the mantle, and it's completely maybe not the right person at the time to be doing what it is. Uh, that's what makes it fun. So that's the explanation for why the Ryan Wilder character will now be Batwoman, not Kate Kane. Um, and we are going to have a new actress. Kendall, is this the right move? Yeah. You know, I mean, I more proof that Warner Brothers uh, listens to uh, the podcast and they... they you know, I'm their czar because I was I was saying last week that, or when we when KK when Ruby Rose pulled out of the show that it was always going to be really tough for them to just recast and for me to believe it, for anybody to believe it. You know, I think when you're talking about risk reward, I think recasting Kate Kane and just putting having a new Kate Kane was a low was a low risk low reward move i think i think you're automatically just always gonna have the stench of yeah but that wasn't her season one you know like i don't like i'm sure it'd be fine i'm sure eventually we get over it it's just gonna look awkward going forward uh this move i can't necessarily say it's better because i don't know what they're gonna do i mean they kind of already hinted what they're gonna do i'm not necessarily so sure how i feel about the actual story they plan on telling but it's high risk high uh it's high risk high reward if this this could completely flop, it could look terrible. It could be like, why why do we have a new Batwoman? This world's worse than Ruby Rose was. Just blow up the show. And if this girl's bad, whoever they cast, then it's then the show's over. Like you can't continue the show. But it's high reward in that you don't. If it works out, and if this is a great transition, you don't have to deal with the stench of, yeah, but that's that's not Kate Kane. That's what a canon. Like what is this like? Ruby Rose better, or this, that, or the other thing. Now, you, now all you have to deal with is, yeah, we told the story. It, it developed this way. Of course, there was some stuff behind the scenes that helped to get to this point. But this is how it happened. If you're watching it on Netflix, it's not super jarring, which a lot of people watch CW shows on Netflix rather than live. I'm sure not many people probably watch Bad Women live compared to what they will when it's uh, now that it's uploaded on Netflix. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think it's interesting. Um, and we're hearing, we're hearing reports uh, today that Vanessa Morgan from Riverdale is the frontrunner, you know, to play this character. She uh, obviously is 
uh, a black, you know, so I think that that's interesting. Um, she's also uh, has experience in the Berlanti in the Berlanti system in the Berlanti Productions family. Um, so it's kind of Berlanti picking out one of his own, you know, in terms of someone he's already worked with. Um, so I think I think that could work. I think it's an interesting casting. Uh, she's been very vocal over the last week or two about just you know how she called out Riverdale, said, "Look, there's not not many black characters on the show, and the ones that are, they just put on the side, put on the sideline. Mm. Sidekicks, you know, they're not featured. You know, she's like, I even make less money than the rest of the series regulars." Oh, so she's been really vocal. So, right. you know, right. part of me wondered, like, all right, is this part of that? Is this like, I don't say it's hush money, but is this like, you know, all right, let's, you know, all right. Well, <laughs> okay. well now, yeah, I don't say hush money is a little dark, dark. But is it like, you know, all right, we'll give you this, we'll give you a spot, kind of, you know, kind of please one of our stars a little bit who's been very outspoken. But I don't know. She, she flamed them on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. She's been, she's been, she's had a lot of stuff. But, you know, obviously, you know, Shamar, I know you're you're also a big Riverdale guy, but how do you mm-hmm. how do you feel about this? Um, well, first, just on um, on Miss um, uh, Morgan, she is she's great on Riverdale. Yeah, she's very like, good she's, she's very very talented, um, very spunky on the show in terms of the character itself. I could she's honestly be playing the same character. The, what yeah, she's going to be playing a very similar character based on what they describe. It's going to be the same It's going to be a very similar character. Um, uh, she is very small in stature, yes. which I don't know, um, how, not that Ruby Rose is huge or anything, Yeah, but they're making her out to be in the thing. They're making her out to be like the biggest, be like, be like a brawler, Gotham. be like a brawler. Yeah. You know? like, so you think like, she's like Amanda Nunes. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, whoa. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how that translates, but I think she can play the role for sure. Um, so I'd be excited to see that. When it comes to this idea in general, uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm a, I'm a bit, I'm a pretty, I, I like it. Really, I like it. Really? Um, I think there are lots of opportunities for failure. <laughs> so I'm gonna be honest, okay? Because uh, you're, because I mean, what's her, what's her relationship gonna be with Luke? With uh, what's her the sister? Sister, all that stuff's gonna be awful. With yeah. Uh, with yeah, Mary, Luke, Mary, yeah. uh, Jacob Kane. Alice. With uh, Alice, if Alice is still around, with Sophie, well, I mean, what's what's going to happen with all that? You know, we don't know. It's a new show. It's a completely it's new a show. completely new show. So we have no idea <laughs> with a new main character. I've never seen this before. So this is going to be very interesting to, to watch. Um, with that being said, I have no interest. I mean, you guys know how I feel about that one. I have no interest in seeing any more of Alice. Yes. Any more of her drama with Mouse. I have no interest in seeing any more of the any any more Sophie drama. Any more, you know, uh, well, I mean, we're going to get more. I have to catch Batwoman. She's a menace. You know, I mean, we're going to get more of that. Yeah, it's only going to be worse now. It may be worse now, yeah, especially. But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I hopefully we can be past a lot of the Alice stuff because there's none of this background. Oh, she's my family. Oh, she's this she's, and, and all that. Hopefully we can get past that. You know, this Batwoman can just be like, she's a villain. You know, I have to catch her. Yeah. You know, Mary doesn't like her. Luke doesn't like her. No one really likes her. Just catch her. So hopefully we can get get past. You think that. the Alice stuff will still be a part of the show, even with the new Batwoman? I hope not. But I, I look, I know. think Alice is best served going forward. Her and Mouse as like 
good callbacks, you know, Darren Arkham, and she shows yeah, up. Yeah, maybe something well, like Mouse is, Mouse is dead, so he's only... Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I guess Mouse is, yeah. But, yeah, like... He, he won't be making an appearance in Arkham. But, like, you know, she shows up as a recurring villain, that's fine. She just can't be a series regular anymore. Yeah. Going forward, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, I, I mean... Which, like I said, I think this is just a very good thing for the show. And I think the character they described is someone I would I would want to see as Batwoman. More more so than the... Honestly, more so than the, the Kate Kane that we had. It sounds like someone I would enjoy. It would just be entertaining to watch. As opposed to watching what we got in Season 1. It's funny you mention that. Because I think that, you know... Kate Kane... We had Ruby Rose. Someone who I think we all... She probably wouldn't agree with it. And maybe people like this characterization but i'll make the characterization because i don't you know this is how i feel you have someone who's kind of a green character a green actress i'm sorry uh not someone who has a lot of experience she has been in in shows and in movies and things like that but this is not someone who is a i don't think she's a natural actress for sure and not someone who's been acting for a decades or whatever so when you have a green actress i think that in some ways kate I mean, excuse me, Ruby worked as Kate because Kate is kind of a kind of a simple person. Not a simple person, but kind of like very... She, she has a military background, so a lot of her, her ideals and kind of how she thinks about things are very kind of regimented and straightforward. So I think that kind of having Kate and Ruby as the main character and main actress is like having a quarterback where you're like, yo, we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to have like all this crazy stuff. We're not opening up the playbook. You know, we're going to have a, a limited playbook, know these plays, um, right. we're take, take our shots when we can, but we're not going to blow the game, you know, by trying to do stuff that might be too much, not just for, uh, not just for Ruby, but also for the character Kate, where she's doing stuff that doesn't make sense within her character. And you could make the case that because of that, Kate, while, or Ruby, while we all agree, I don't think she was a detriment to the show, she did come across dry, and I think part of that's because they wrote Kate that way. Kate doesn't have to be dry. I've read Kate stuff where she's way more dynamic, way more interesting, but because of just how she kind of, how she is as a person, it's, you got to kind of bring that out. you got to put her in situations that are compelling, and this Alice thing did not bring any of that out, any of that home. We, we didn't get any of that. So on that standpoint, I kind of see where there's a great opportunity, like what we heard last week from uh, Guggenheim, uh, creatively to do something more exciting where we just get rid of the character write someone that we think is way more interesting because you can write people that we mentioned in Kate Kane and uh, and then get an actress who can do way more than Ruby and be way more committed that all sounds great on paper and it may even be it may even be executed well but I'm going to say this as a superhero fan as a fan of the Batman mythos I don't want to see anyone in that back costume besides Kate Kane. Like, I, that's how I feel. Like, I'm not saying that this can't be good. I'm not saying that this can't be interesting. But to me, I think that what was very exciting about this Batwoman character and them doing Batwoman was that they were kind of expanding the Batman mythos that we know from the comic books into the CW by using an actual character who's related to Bruce Wayne. And that carried value to me. I think just making up your own character and just throwing them, throwing them under the cowl doesn't. It just doesn't to me. Now, to me, the only way you really salvage this is if you do start to include way more Batman villains, way more characters that we're familiar with 
familiar with in Gotham for this to make me more interested. But I don't know. I don't think that just throwing someone else underneath Kyle is going to make me more interested in this show. I think from an execution standpoint, maybe they, 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 have, they have better stuff. And it may be great. But I, I do like continuity, man. Like, I don't, and I don't think that's, there's anything wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people say, oh, you stuck on continuity. Like, yeah, it, there is source material. There's a reason why I watch these shows. So I think to just throw away the character and not even put anyone else who has been Batwoman into the, the role, it's not something I'm all that, all that excited about. Um, I'm sure this, uh, uh, this, this uh, actress, um, uh, Vanessa Morgan, I've never watched Riverdale, as you guys know, so um, I can't really speak much on her ability, but I take Shamari and Kendall at their word that she's been very solid in that show. I'm sure she'd do a great job. This character they, they they are describing sounds fun. But I just there is value, I think, to Kate Kane and her place in the DC universe. So when to. you give me someone who has no real stake in the DC universe, it, it doesn't make me feel that great. But it doesn't mean it can't be awesome at the same time. Like it's just like the Miles Morales thing. Like People went crazy for Miles Morales initially because they were like, who is this guy? He's not Spider-Man. He has no connection to, you know, Marvel at all. I'm sure for some people, they didn't like that. The fact that they were going with a black Latino character. Like, there was, you know, there was a lot that there was a lot of loaded stuff with the Miles Morales change in the comic books, the ultimate comic books. But that ended up unbelievable. So I say that to say me feeling this way doesn't mean that this can't be great and I won't love it. Uh, but am I going to be super excited for it? Not really. At the same time, I wasn't really super excited for what they had been doing with Ruby <laughs> Rose's Batwoman right. slash Kate Kane and all the stuff with Alice and the dad. None of that stuff was working either. So it's like I kind of just throw my hands up and I shrug my shoulders with this. It's like I wouldn't do it. No. I prefer they just get someone who's better as Kate Kane. They do some better writing and try to execute what they were trying to do. But it doesn't mean that what they don't do now with someone who's probably an easier character to write because they can kind of actually throw out all the rules, it, it could help them greatly creatively. So, so I get it from that standpoint. I So a couple more things that I want to add were, first of all, you know, again, I think it is interesting that uh, Vanessa Morgan's black, you know, we're going to have a black, potentially a black Batwoman, or at least under consideration, um, and that it's not Sophie. Because that's what some people thought. Oh, maybe we'll just make Sophie black, uh, black Batwoman, you know, and you know have have them go in that route. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah, you know, and that that could be interesting. I wonder how that actually feels if they didn't bring Vanessa Morgan. It's like, yo, why can't you just, why can't you just make me uh, Batwoman? <laughs> but regardless, um, but the other thing I wanted to mention was how do we feel? How do we feel about, you know, because EJ makes a good point about Kate Kane. You know, she has the obvious connection to Bruce Wayne, you know, the obvious connection to 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 the to the DC mythos that this other character it likely wouldn't have. Um, personally, I don't think that this character can be nobody. And I do wonder if they'll take the Ray Skywalker approach and say that she, oh, I'm from nothing, I'm nobody, but She's actually related to somebody. I did think about what I what I she, what I was now, seeing with I this was Kendall. Out of theory, yeah. But the last thing was, what if 
she's related to Lucius Fox. And that's why, that's the connection to Batman, Bruce Wayne, Luke Fox, and that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly no, that's just an idea. I mean, they but... already, you know, we already, you know, with how Luke Fox, Lucius Fox was killed, there's already, uh, there's already something, we already, okay, we have to know Lucius yeah. Fox works with Batman, but maybe there's something else surrounding Lucius Fox that's more, um, clandestine, that clandestine that needs to be addressed that could be why this character pops up. Maybe, who knows? I, you know, that's, that's, that's certainly, you know, possible. Um, for me, I, I, I can think, you know, could this be a Sky situation? You know, where, you know, we're calling this character Sky, we're calling this character Sky, and then by season two, we're like, Daisy Johnson. You're like, oh. Right, right. Awesome. Like, it, part of me, though, while that all well, can happen, and, you know, <laughs> Robin. yeah, Robin, right. like, <laughs> while all that stuff can happen, part of me just feels like, like, just like you guys said, like, I, I, or Kendall kind of alluded to, it, it just it seemed kind of corny to me, though. Because now we've seen this game kind of get played, where it's like, just if you're gonna do that, just make the character who you want them to be. They could still be in the, the gutter, in the streets, you know, not being who you think they would be. Like you can still do all that, and it still works. You don't have to go down this path. I prefer they do that as opposed to making someone, uh, making us do some wild goose chase on who this person actually is, which does sound like that's where this this may go. Um, again, I can't say I'm all that thrilled with this, but I wasn't all that thrilled that we lost Ruby Rose because of the fact that uh, we knew this was going to disrupt the show. Imagine this that, feels though. like a massive disruption. Because I mean, I mean, her her dad's a series regular. Like, I mean, there's a lot of parts. Her, you know, she has a stepsister in the show. Like, this is a very family. It's a family driven show. So yeah, just this seems about to really Bruce Wayne. yeah, <laughs> and they're about to introduce Bruce Wayne. Like, this seems very. Oof. Like just it just seems very heavy to do this. Like it seems very much like you're kind of really just blowing up everything you established in season one. Which again, it's okay if they wanted to do that only because season one had a lot of issues. But it's just like what did I did I waste my time watching all this then? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I think there's is some level of I know they're saying they feel like they're respecting the fans by not making them do that uh mental hurdle. But to me I feel okay, but now there's like actual hours of my life I committed to this show that you're kind of just throwing away. That doesn't make me feel good either. So that's how I'm fascinated to see how they write Kate Kane off. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I have no idea how they're gonna do that. I can't even begin to. Part of me hopes that they don't just kill her off. That'd be kind of dark. I see they might time, do that. I see a time jump happening. I see a time jump happening. I don't think we're gonna leave. I know they she, have. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna blow up those episodes. Or they probably have no choice. They're going to blow those episodes that they were going to do. And we're going to just start with the time jump. And something missing. Kate Kane is missing or Kate Kane is killed in action. And someone needs to be Batwoman. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I saw work. someone say that. Well, you know, and, and I, they would never have done this. But I saw some people say, why don't they just make it a Batwing show? Just say, all right. You don't want to be Batwoman, Ruby? All right. We just make, um, you know, the actor that's Luke Fox is make him Batwing. Just move the show from there. Obviously, you can't you can't, can't really do that because you know, while CW does have decent female representation in terms of heroes, you can't just be you know deleting women, especially uh, LGBTQ women. Only LGBTQ. Well, not only you have uh, white canary, but um, 
no, the only no title character LGBTQ character you can't just do that. So no, that yeah. was gonna happen. <laughs> but I did see that get floated on the internet uh, as well. Um, staying on the Flash, but we're going to the movie uh, world, and you know, you guys alluded to it a little bit earlier. Daniel RPK had some uh, interesting news regarding who we may be seeing in the eventual Flash movie. Uh, whenever that would come out, I think right now we're still looking at 2022, but that doesn't even seem that real to me. Um, as you guys know, this is supposed to be a Flashpoint movie. Again, that was a long time ago when we were hearing about that. We don't really know. And during that time when they initially reported it, which is 2017, Ray Fisher's Cyborg was expected to be a co-star in that movie. Well, now Daniel RPK is saying that uh, there are plans to put Cyborg in this iteration of the Flashpoint movie. We know this Flashpoint movie has had various different screenwriters, very different directors. It's been a very, um, it's been a very muddied production, pre-production, not even a production, they haven't done anything, pre-production process. But now it appears that at least one of the characters that we've seen on the big screen from the Zack Snyder Justice League will continue on beyond that uh, movie outside of obviously Gal Gadot and uh, Jason Momoa, Ray Fisher, apparently slated to be in Flashpoint. Shamari, react. <laughs> um, uh, I, I mean, when it comes to my reaction to this movie as a whole, which I mean, we've talked about that at nauseum. Um, I mean, I, I think we need a new Ezra Miller before we even before we get a cyborg. I don't even know why we're talking. Well, I know why we're talking about. Me a new Flash. I don't even know. Not, new, not a new Ezra Miller. I mean, we probably do need a new Ezra Miller as well for the society. <laughs> but, well, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. New Flash. Right. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, we need a new we need a new Flash before we need a new cyborg. So. Um, I mean, I, I, of course, I understand this is important. If we if we have a new cyborg, that's definitely news. But we need to get rid of this guy first. Um, <laughs> after that video, that that was look. Released. I mean, I think this definitely. If this is new reporting, this isn't old reporting. You know, because it could be an old source, something that's you know kind of sat on for a while. But if this is new. Then maybe this is proof that this, they're going forward with this thing as of now. I mean, that's what it sounds like. I mean, that's definitely what it sounds like. Uh, I don't like it. I mean, when it comes to cyborg, I don't mind. I mean, I, I mean, cyborg. I mean, I hate to be dismissive, but I, I kind of don't care one way or the other. <laughs> if cyborg's in the movie or if he's not in the movie, it's not. That's not something that's gonna be. Like, oh my gosh! I mean, all right, cool. Cyborg's in Flash. Well, if I you're mean, doing Flashpoint, I think that is something. Was what they're saying they're doing. That's what they're saying they're doing. Um. I mean, we'll see how we'll see how exactly they how far they go exactly with with how they are going to do the Flashpoint movie. I mean, because with that whole situation, we don't know, um, you know, because Flash Flashpoint was announced in the John Snyder era, and this is the the Hamada era. Now I'm just like, okay, they're still doing the movie. Apparently, how far are they going with the movie? I I don't know. I mean, they're they're still well. It, see, it's all thrown in flux with Snyder cut happening and Snyder being and Superman being back. It's all thrown in flux because it seemed to be going one way, it seemed to be going a different way. Now it seems to be going back to the first way. So I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what's going on. It's very confusing. But 
I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, I'm not so completely that they're going the full-on Flashpoint storyline yet, just because Cyborg's in it. I mean, we'll see. I I still, when you say Cyborg's in Flash, I still picture another, a, you know, Food Stamp, Ray Fisher, somebody else just kind of there as Cyborg, and we'll see what they do as Cyborg in the movie. But, um, but yeah, just this news itself does not really excite me. I'm just waiting to see what they do with Ezra Miller. <laughs> That's more so what I'm concerned about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Flash, the movie. I've never been that excited about. Was never even sure it was happening. Um, well, yeah, I know but they, <laughs> but they, but they continue to to put out and give reasons to believe that it's actually happening. This is another one of those reasons. Um, Cyborg and the Flash always seemed like a pairing that made sense. Uh, we knew that there likely wouldn't be a Cyborg movie anytime soon, so putting Ray Fisher in this movie always seemed like the logical next step. Um, if you told me there was a Flashpoint movie and that the member of the Just League that they were going to put in there was Cyborg, I'd be probably a little disappointed. You know, just in terms of their other other characters, a little more integral yeah. to the Flashpoint storyline and Cyborg um, that they could have used yeah. that they already have. Not, their, not that he doesn't play a role, but it's just like that's not the guy I hear. I'm like, oh, you yeah, know, I'm like, oh, they're gonna tell a huge, uh, huge Cyborg story here. I mean, they could, but I don't know. I mean, it, it still could be good. You know, I'm sure they could work around that, or maybe they do have other members of the Justice League involved, but. Um, I mean, to me, this is just proof that they're they're sticking with all the stuff about the world of DC and the reboot and the DCEU is dead. That's gone. Like, the the DCEU wow. is still around, man. Wow. Can you go? You're full on. The, the DCEU is still alive and well. Snyder is back. Snyder is back. He's running the ship. They want to bring Air back. They're, they're keeping Margot Robbie around. They're keeping... A lot of these people around, and if you keep Ezra Miller and Ray Fisher, especially after what happened with Ezra Miller, this is it's easy to get rid of him. Oh, yeah, in this world of DC environment, you could easily get rid of him. It's Ezra. been so long. It's been so even, long. I don't even know if people will remember. Yeah. You know, or really care. Unfortunately, well, because yeah, of the Snyder Cut, they well, blew that up. Snyder Cut, yeah, they blew that up. <laughs> but, like, you know, <laughs> if they hadn't come out with no. that, I don't think people would have They would have casted a bigger, cared. better actor. But, yeah, bigger, but a, you know, a bigger name actor than Ezra Miller. Some people would have cared about that more than they would have cared about an Ezra Miller flash. Yeah. You know, so look, I mean, they're they're gonna go forward with it. I don't know how well it's gonna do. Uh, you know, obviously, there's gonna be some conversation uh, about the movie in terms of you know Ezra Miller's involvement, but um, <laughs> I mean, but I'm not like super excited about this. Long story short. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, it's 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 one of those things where I kind of gotta wait and see. Because, like I said before, you know, Cyborg is a major, major figure in the Flashpoint comic, in the Flashpoint animated movie. Those two are uh, linchpins for modern, contemporary comic books, uh, the uh, you know, comic book classics. So, you have to be comic book or movies. So, I hear, okay, Cyborg's in it. That is intriguing. But without the other figures that we've been talking about... Um, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, Gal Gadot's uh, Wonder Woman. It's still kind of hard for me to really wrap my, wrap my head around Flashpoint still as an idea. 
we saw the CW Flash try to do a food stamp flashpoint. That was a colossal failure. I don't think I don't think it could be you know explained any other way. I think we all would agree this that did did not work under any circumstances. So okay, Ray Fisher cyborg in it. A step in the right direction. Seems like that's that's definitely closer to being consistent with what we saw from the movie, uh, in the in the comic book. What else are you going to be coming with? Because Ray Fisher may come with a certain dollar, but if you're trying to get Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa for any considerable amount of time, that's a whole different dollar. Especially not to be the main character. You know, we'll see if they're willing to fork over that bread and really, really, truly give us that major, major moment that we saw in the comic books. If they're not trying to do that, then I don't. This feels like kind of like unnecessary, you know. And that's kind of how I would say think about this whole flashpoint idea is. If you're not going to go full tilt, man, then don't go. You can write another great Flash story that's awesome that does not use those, those, that word. You know what I'm saying? Like, Flashpoint has become, like, you know, it's it's hallowed ground at this point when it comes to comic books. Like, certain things you just shouldn't say if you're going to talk about what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, similar to, you know, I think the fact that, you know, I don't know if Zack Snyder ever said it, but the fact that we even got vibes of The Dark Knight Returns gave... BVS almost no chance in a lot of ways for a lot of fans because they know what that was and they didn't get that. Um, certain comic books, and I think that right now Flashpoint is, is on that level, I would say. Certain comics, you just don't want to be, you know, mentioned in the name of unless you're willing to really, really give us something close to it. Like, you know, CW when they did Crisis. That was a big deal, but you know what? They, they pretty much delivered. It wasn't exactly the same, obviously, as Crisis, but... For the the amount of for the scale that Crisis is for what they could do, they they went for it. You know what I'm saying? So that's that would be my advice to to DC is that you got to go for it with this movie if that's what you're still calling it and you're putting in uh, Cyborg. You got to get everyone else aboard. You can't just put Cyborg in and him have have him play a part and say, oh, see, we did Flashpoint. If a lot of those other key elements aren't in there, it's still not going to work. Um, but like to me, I still think the bigger issue is how Ray Fisher's going to look at Cyborg. Because the last movie did not cut it. It did not cut it for me. I did not like his look. They're going to have to do a much better job with his uh, his uh, prosthetics and with the obvious CGI that he's going to be involved with if this is going to work. Um, because I didn't think that... I didn't think his character, in terms of the look, worked in the Justice League. So that was, a, that was already a major sticking point. Um. Hopefully, you make it better, look better in the Snyder Cut. <laughs> but yeah, if, know, if, right. if they could do that, that would be great. But uh, if not, yeah, Justice League. Yeah, uh, or like five to ten million just on Cyborg alone. Yeah, I know, right? It probably would be a <laughs> misuse of funds. But, and real quickly, uh, on the whole, on the whole, whether the world of DC and Snyder verse still exist, I, I, to me, I would argue that that you're both right. Like, I think that the world of DC is still, I think the plan moving forward, but the Snyder world does exist because I think that's part of the world of DC. I think, yeah. I think yeah, DC's exactly. mindset was we're just kind of going to throw continuity kind of a little out the window. You know, we're it's bringing around, yeah, we're bringing around characters and actors that you've seen, but we're not going to marry them to what you saw them in. Like they're not going to reference. Oh, remember that time we fought Steppenwolf? Like that's not going to be a thing. Uh, or, you know, you're not going to say, Hey, remember that time I ran through the portal and tried to warn Bruce about, Superman and Lois being the key. 
that's not gonna like they're not gonna do that. Like that's that continuity is dead. But I don't think that they deaded Zack Snyder's universe completely. I think it's just like again his characters, his actors, like those people are still in the fold um, to some degree because obviously Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa aren't going anywhere. So when they say worlds of DC, it's just it's like what I've said before is that you know these are all characters that exist um, and yeah they're kind of connected, but they're not. What happens in one thing isn't directly linked to what happens in another movie, which is different than Marvel, where we know Marvel it all it all is connected to some degree. I don't think DC is doing that anymore. Um, you could see characters cross over, just like you see them cross over in the comic books. But like I've said before and a million times, when I'm reading Batman issue, you know, seventy five. Um, he's not the person writing Batman's not worried about how Teen Titans being written and what. Uh, and what Damian Wayne is doing in there, how that affects Batman 75. Like, that's not... Damian Wayne could be across the country in, in Titans 11, uh, Teen Titans 11, and then be with right with Bruce in Batman 75, and, you know, no one's saying, oh, the continuity's messed up. Like, that's not a thing. I think that's kind of how we're supposed to anticipate, the, how we're supposed to look at these movies. So when we see, you know, you know, Ray Fisher showing up, or we see, a, you know, Joaquin Phoenix in his own movie, like we saw with Joker, I think we're just supposed to just see... We're just doing our own thing, and we're kind of just going with the flow. And but we're gonna use the familiarity with these characters uh, to crossing over to help uh, drive fan interest. Which again, I think is kind of smart. I've always been in support of this move because I thought since they weren't willing to do the groundwork and the legwork it took to build the Marvel, what Marvel did with the Marvel Universe, because they they showed very quickly they didn't want to do all that. They tried to take shortcuts. And then my thing is, look, it's what they did was hard. You shouldn't have, to, and it takes time. So it's okay not to want to take the same uh, approach that Marvel did. That's one hundred percent probably smart, but you can't take shortcuts. So this is a much better way to go about it. So in that sense, I can understand it. Let's move on now to talk about um, an interesting idea that once uh, crossed over uh, the Warner Brothers studio. So. Obviously, we all saw the success of the Joker movie. Um, Joaquin Phoenix won an Academy Award for his performance as Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. the Joker. And according to Umberto Gonzalez from Heroic Hollywood, he says that uh, the movie spurned the idea for other villain spinoffs, which we heard before. But he got specific in saying that one pitch that was being brought about was to do a Bane spinoff movie. So here's exactly... Uh, the quotes from the report, he says, After the surprise of Joaquin Phoenix's award-winning Joker, Heroic Hollywood has exclusively learned that there was going to be an attempt to pitch a Bane standalone film to DC executives. In a similar way to the Todd Phillips film, it could have offered a filmmaker the chance to explore the villain's psyche with a character study, although hopefully with a little more brawling. A potential pitch for the film would have loosely used the vengeance of Bane story from the comics as the basis for the script. The plot would have introduced Bane to the DC universe, revealing that he that his tragic origin began before he was even born. Since Batman is the key to his motivation across the arc, the Bat could have existed somewhere in the film, even if it was just a looming presence over Gotham City. Uh, he goes on to say, and this was probably the most interesting part of this article, um, that this obviously this pitch never really made it to the Warner Brother executives, and the reason for that is because officially, it, because Bane and that story is officially off the table in the event that Warner Brothers might use him in a future Batman film. 
So kind of twofold information there. One, the idea that a Bane, uh, a Bane standalone movie was being considered. And then two, that Bane is on the table for future Batman movies, which I would assume would involve Matt Reeves. Sham, what is your thoughts on these revelations from Umberto Gonzalez? Um, I mean, I think a Bane movie could have been very good, personally. With the various different types of Banes that I've seen, um, I mean, I feel like it could be... Uh, hmm. I feel like it could be kind of like a... I mean, I guess the, the 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 first thing that comes to my mind is like a Hobbs and Shaw almost, like because like because Bane's like a mercenary, right? And, but he's like a brawler, you know. So like Hobbs comes yeah, to mind. Exactly. Um, the Rock is Bane. No, <laughs> but <Yeah>. like, <laughs> but that's the first thing that comes to my mind is that kind of mercenary kind of cracking heads, but also like very tactical yeah. in nature, and how he goes about goes about fulfilling his missions yeah and whatnot um so i don't know i think i thought that i think that could have been very interesting um i think i think the joker especially with how the joker how good the joker ended up being i think that was the better idea of the two but i mean in the right hands i think a big movie could have been could have been pretty good i'm still i'm looking forward to seeing him in if matt reeves does end up using bane i would rather see bane in a Batman movie, in a Matt Reeves Batman movie, so I'm not really upset about this, but it still could have been cool. I would I would have been down for that. Bane's interesting because the Dark Knight Rises helped move Bane on one notch in terms of the tier. We talked about you know Ralph Dibney, elongated man, being a D-list hero like Bane went from like probably a C-list villain to a B-list villain borderline A-list at the time because of in DC I would say A-list you know if you're talking the grand scheme probably B-list but still like so it, it became viable I think in DC he might be A-list now. yeah at this point yes. I would say he's A-list you know he showed up in almost everything <laughs> I mean Injustice uh, Young Justice, Young Justice uh, uh, Harley, Harley, Quinn, Harley Quinn show Harley right. Quinn show, everything Batman related at this point. Yeah. So that that the, the movie would be viable from a marketing like if you're doing a Bane movie in twenty twenty I mean, I don't know. You can find someone else, but uh, he to me he'd be the <laughs> ideal Bane, uh if you're telling the story that I would imagine. Um and I'd look, I think a Bane movie, like a Bane origin or a Bane type of, you know, kind of showing showing his, his the early years, you know, of him working, doing stuff in Mexico and stuff. Like, kind of, again, like the Bane we see in Young Justice on some level. But, um, I look, I think I think there's potential there with the character. Uh, if you're talking Joker, like, there is no comparison um, completely different movies, completely different characters. Uh, Especially Joker, yeah. Yeah, like they're not gonna. You can't replicate that Joker movie with Bane. There are certain characters I think you can do those types of movies with, and they could also have Oscar potential. Um, I've talked about Vandal Savage. I think Vandal Savage is a character I would yeah, certainly do. saying that for a while. Yeah, I think that character, that movie could be spectacular, but um, Bane is not the character. You know what I'm saying you're gonna replicate Joker with Bane. 
but if they're like if they're like Sony all of a sudden we're like, oh we're gonna do villain movies because we don't have Spider Man like you have Batman but they just don't want to do a Batman movie. I mean they are doing a Batman movie, but they also feel like his Rose Gallery is deep enough to where they can they can do villain movies as opposed to just point putting the villains in Batman. Bane could be on the list of characters you could do a, a movie with. You know, he would be in the top five of Batman villain, probably in terms of having his own movie. You know, I think Mr. Freeze would be in there. Obviously, we've already had Joker. Uh, but after that, I mean, Catwoman didn't work. You know, we've seen that before. Um, and there are other characters that kind of need Batman involved. Like Riddler, I don't think you can do a Riddler movie. I mean, you might be able to, but I don't, I'm not super excited about that. Yeah, but anyone want to see that? Yeah. Really? You know. You you know you can't do a penguin movie. Uh, you, again, you can try all of these, but I don't think they're making money. But Bane has potential to make money, so I think I think it's an interesting idea that to be floated around. But I wouldn't think anything of it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do feel like Bane could have definitely worked from an action standpoint, from a psychological. Uh, observation standpoint in terms of kind of figuring out who this character is what makes him tick how does he become who he becomes because you know as we've seen you know sometimes Bane can kind of be uh looked at as some big brute because of his strength but i mean brain is bane is exceptionally smart and Mm -hmm. a superior a, a superior mind when it comes to uh strategy so seeing how this guy came from nothing in Santa Prisca to be the the terror that he is and the threat to Batman that he becomes certainly could have been intriguing. The, the idea that it's being held or that the, the idea was shelled essentially because they didn't want to do that kind of story with uh, future Batman films, you know, in the works potentially. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I We've seen Bane now twice in movies in the past i love bane i'm not saying that you know what tom hardy did means you can't have anyone else play bane ever again uh but i i there 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 are other batman characters that you can do there are other characters that we've only done once that maybe you could try again i'm not sure if i want to see bane in the near future i just feel like we kind of know all the tropes you have to hit we kind of know the, the beat the story beats and what makes both these two guys uh contemporaries i think i'm okay with them moving to someone else you know what i'm saying i don't know who that person would be but i don't know i i just I made dark knight rises it's not like it was that long ago or that that short time ago but it it, it was you know the last batman movie we had so the idea that well, we might be wanting to do a Batman movie that centers around the Bane character and this origin story. It's like, I don't know if I need to see all that again. You know what I'm saying? And I love Bane. Bane's one of my favorite Batman villains, so I'll, don't get it twisted. But but I, I, that's kind of, when I first saw that, I was like, first of all, I was kind of excited. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of interesting that they thought about doing a Bane solo movie. Then I heard, oh, well, it's not, they're not doing that because they might want to use this story for the actual Batman movie they do with him if that happens. I'm like, ugh. We couldn't find no one else. Like, they they screwed up Mr. Freeze and, and uh, Poison Ivy. You know, they screwed up Two-Face. Not not in Dark Knight, but in, you know, Batman, uh, Batman, uh, 
whatever that was, forever? Forever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, there's characters that they haven't really done, you know? Yes, they've done them, you know? And, of course, we did get Two-Face in The Dark Knight, but not as a full-on villain for the majority of the movie. Like, there, you know, there's characters that we haven't even gotten to yet, and it's like, we're gonna go back to Bane again? Guy we've seen twice, you know? So that was the only part of this that, that kind of didn't intrigue me that much, because while Bane is great, I do think he's kind of I don't want to say one note, but it's just like you kind of know what you're getting. So it's like, how much better could this next Bane be? It could still be awesome, but it doesn't mean that uh, it just makes you feel like they could have tried something different, you know. Mm. Particularly I'm, since you know a lot of these movies, but if it's not Catwoman, they really they really haven't tried a lot of any other like female leads for villains. So you know you haven't tried someone like Poison Ivy. Um, obviously, we have Harley Quinn. Um, like there's other characters you can you can give Batman as a foil. I don't think we Magpie. need Bane to be <laughs> Magpie is not who I'm considering at all. But Bane does not be one. You know, we still have Mister Freeze. We've only done once. Um, we've never done Hugo Strange on the big screen. Like there's there's some people that I think I would want to see that uh that I I I'd go before Bane. Like not because I don't Bane. not because I like them more, but because we've just seen Bane a lot now. Mm. How? What do you guys think about Bane using Venom like in the movies? I think it's. Do you think that? I think it's a requirement for me. Yeah, he's got uh, it. Yeah, I think it would be for me too. I wonder if that would be jarring for like execs or if they wanna. I mean, he's a villain. I don't think they should really, you know, give a crap. But I wonder if that would be if they'd be like, oh my god, this guy's just injecting himself, pumping Look, himself. Man, with, like, drug addiction is part of our life. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I think the idea that we're trying to not play parallels on real life is kind of ridiculous at this point. I know movies are make-believe, but, I mean, people flying around with capes and, you know, doing stuff Batman does on a regular basis is make-believe. Like, why, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, why this aspect of life that is real, we're just like, nope, we don't even want to touch. Like, I, I don't... I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling that. In fact, I think that Bane's character, that added twist of the Venom being a part of Bane's character also adds a dimension to him. Like, I think the fact that that wasn't a part of the Tom Hardy Bane was one of the weak points of that character. I think a character that we all enjoyed greatly. But this notion that he kind of wasn't relying on anything. Not even uh, a tease. It would have been interesting, like, they didn't. No, nothing. Again, they didn't have to show him, like, pumping himself up. You know, shooting himself up with venom. You know, you're just a guy. But like, if he said like, or they teased like that he was on something, then it would make the whole thing of Batman be getting all beat, you know, battered up by him, kind of a little more yeah. like. And it would have made it, it would have made his voice like make more sense because the right. whole the whole yeah. thing with Bane being in a mask and everything is because he's pumping himself up full of all yeah, that venom. Can't, yeah, he can't breathe. And he needs like a whole like mask that suit thing. Yeah, to, like for to have it all function. Yeah. Yeah, but in the Dark Knight Rises, he just had a mask. And he just sounded weird. yeah, it's like why? Yeah, it was like oh, he's he's scarred. hooked up on morphine because of pain he's dealt with, scarring. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, from uh, being in the uh, hole in, in Santa Prisca, and like it didn't that that did not land. That was that you yeah, know, that, it really did. You know, and I and I I, I will defend the Dark Knight Rises because some people feel like that movie's kind of trash. I, I think it's a good movie, but um, but that 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 did not hit. That was a, that was that was poor judgment on Christopher Nolan's part. Venom needs to be a 
a it has to be part of his story. If it's not part of his story, then I don't want I don't want anything to do with whatever they're going to do. Try to do with Bane. Um, I did want to bring up this uh, conversation real quick because of everything that's happening in the world and a lot of our conversation on race and race issues. I did think that Josh Trank, who's been talking a lot about this French Tactic Four stuff, and I've actually tried to avoid talking about him because I feel like he's kind of been putting his name out there in headlines constantly about this movie that no one really should care about. But the 2015 Fantastic Four movie, um, it, it was controversial from the get-go. As soon as they announced that they were casting Michael B. Jordan to play uh, to play uh, Johnny Storm, they also had casted uh, the late great Reg e., uh, Reggie Cathy to play uh, his father, Franklin. And apparently... Uh, According to Josh Trank, he got a lot of pushback from the studio with casting a black woman as Sue Storm. And he went on to say, quote, there were a lot of controversial, a lot of controversial conversations that were held behind the scenes on that. I was mostly interested in a black Sue Storm and a black Johnny Storm and a black Franklin Storm. When you're dealing with the studio on a massive <laughs> movie like that. <laughs> Everyone wants to keep an open mind to who the big stars are going to be, he said. Um, when it came down to it, I found a lot of, I found out, I found a lot of push, pretty heavy pushback on casting a black woman in that role. When I look back on that, I should have just walked uh, when that when uh, I should have just walked when that that realization hit me. Just out of principle, those aren't the values I stand for in my own life. I, I gotta so- say. Well, here's what I would say real quick. Like, this is interesting to me because we've talked about the whole race in superhero movie issue and trying to insert diversity and how you do that. I think, um, I I forgot where all of us stand, but I know I've made the case that I think that if race isn't essential to the character, I think that changing it should be on the table if the best person for the role is a person of color. Um, I don't think we should be whitewashing any black heroes or you know people of color heroes because we don't have many. So that's always kind of been my take on it. I'm particularly not the kind of person that's going to be just looking for, um, you know, swapping out races. I feel like there are a lot of characters that you can either create or just use in a more high-profile way in the kind of can that we have. That's always been my take on it. But I did find his characterization of this to be interesting which is why i wanted to talk about it because while i for one would have been i was fine with them doing what they did for the most part with uh sue storm being white even though they had you know the black johnny storm and the black franklin storm and kind of how awkward that was um i was fine because i felt like there's a certain um as i've said in the past i think that you expect a certain look from certain characters and there are certain features that yeah, I think according to in kind of bringing the good vibes of source material I think it's cool to play on those so I was fine with them going with a white blonde woman at Sue Storm because Sue Storm's always been a white, a, a white blonde woman and just like I didn't find they went with a white blonde guy to be Frank, uh, uh, Johnny Storm because that was the role now to be fair I know Rooney Mara had or Kate Mara whoever it was it was Kate uh, had to do had a terrible wig in the reshoots and that kind of messed everything up because she changed her hair but uh but that's that's how i've always felt about it i do feel a way though about how with this it seemed like there was something wrong with the idea of 
a black woman in particular. To me, if you're having this debate, you should be fine with saying, you should either be, okay, well, we'll make the family black and that's it. Or you decide, no, we're going to make the family white because that's what they are in the source material. We can have that argument back and forth, but to me, that should be the only two options. Um, to say that the issue was, well, having a black woman in that role was going to be problematic. What was problematic about it that wasn't problematic about Franklin Storm and Johnny Storm being black is the questions that I have. Um, and I think they're questions that Warner Brothers should answer in, in these times. Because we all can talk about the lack of visibility. Uh, 20th century, the, 20th century, by the way. Fox. What I, yeah, I said Warner Brothers. Sorry, Fox. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking my head. I was like, wait, wait, wait Yeah, th- no, thank you for that. Yeah, Fox. Um, uh, we've been getting on them a lot, but I don't know if they have <laughs> Sorry, Warner Brothers. This is not your smoke. I, you, I, not mean, I did not mean for those slugs to hit you. Um, no, I, I think that's something that Fox, those are questions Fox should answer because we all can talk about the marginalization of black women in particular in this country in every aspect of life. But when you're talking about this particular role, where was the problems here that weren't the problems for casting black men? Was it you didn't want an interracial, interracial relationship with Reed Richards? What was it? Like, I, I'm trying, like, that's, that's, that, like, and I'm kind of upset that, to be honest, I'm kind of upset that Josh didn't go further. But the fact that he's saying that his values are being questioned tells me that there was some problematic stuff that probably should be brought to light. And the fact that he kind of, kind of half opened the can of worms and then closed it back up by not really divulging more is a little annoying and why I'm not going to completely give him you know the hero award for saying that this was against his values but I think it's a conversation that needs to be had I, I think Fox deserves the I deserve an explanation I think everyone deserves an explanation to why a black woman could not be cast as Sue Storm but you okay with casting black men who are supposed to be related to her that doesn't make any sense I thought so, it was for something different but he's suggesting maybe there's something more nefarious to it yeah, I mean, so first of all, the the only thing that Josh Frank said there that I'm like, I don't say the only thing, but the the main thing that I'm like, yeah, you're 100% right about that, is when he said, I should have just walked from the movie when they said I couldn't do that. Yeah. Because he would have saved himself a lot of trouble <laughs> making that <laughs> yeah. bad movie. Exactly. So he was 100% right about that. There was no debate about whether or not Josh Frank should have left the movie. But, you know, so if we're talking about on the issue of, of Johnny Storm and Sue Storm, um, so, look, that movie was a really bad movie, and we all know that. And, honestly, it had nothing to do with Johnny Storm being black. It had nothing to do with uh, Sue Storm being white. You know? it Was it, was it awkward? Maybe. I mean, look, I guess Johnny Storm was adopted. You know, I guess that was the story they're telling. I mean, wasn't Sue adopted? Because wasn't it was or maybe Sue, Sue was adopted? I don't, yeah, yeah, the black guy yeah, because you had the black dude with the dad. Yeah. So yeah, Sue was adopted. Um, that's fine. You know, like you can if that's the story you want to tell, that's the story you want to tell. Um, did it ruin the movie? No. Uh, the movie was really bad for a lot of other reasons besides that. Um, if they would have casted. Someone black as Sue Storm, would the movie have been any better? No. If they would have cast someone white as Johnny Storm, would the movie have been any better? No. Maybe that's besides the point. But 
I do think that this is a tough movie to have this conversation about because the movie was so bad. Part of me is like, I mean, again, maybe it, if this were The Dark Knight, I feel like this conversation would be a lot more serious because it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, now we're 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 squeezing out, you know, people of color on roles that you know could have been life changing, you know, because of politics, which probably happens like plenty of times. Probably happened plenty of times, but um, but no, I mean, I think when you're talking about this movie uh, and this character, I mean, look, he's talking about Franklin Storm, and that's so down the line. First of all, those characters were so young. First of all, so he's talking about like he's talking about either a massive time jump or like a trilogy of movies before we're talking about Franklin Storm. Well, remember, Franklin Storm was the dad. I'm not talking about Franklin Richards. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You're right. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the kid. That's yeah, why I, I, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought was, about I was Franklin first. Richards. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking what? Franklin Richards. Yeah, remember right. Franklin Storm. Remember they named they named they named Franklin Richards yeah. after her her dad. Right, right, right. Okay. So all right. So now my whole now the whole my whole mindset is a little different now. Not that much different, <laughs> but even even then, now you're talking about all right. Now this movie, um, okay, if you put a black suit storm, I don't think it changes anything. Um, now, if you're talking all right, so why did they tell him no? Well, again, I mean, you're talking about the comic book canon. Maybe they didn't want to deviate too far. I mean, then you ask why they put Michael B. Jordan. Um, I don't These know. are family members. Yeah, That's what I don't I'm understand. It was why it was weird to begin with. Now maybe but... they go. Maybe maybe it goes to what you were saying. I don't know. But if again, if I'm playing PR crisis management here, and I'm just telling 20th Century Fox what you should say in their defense, devil's advocate. Well, it goes to what you were saying about Michael B. Jordan was the best Johnny Storm. So at that point. And or vice versa, maybe Kate Mara was the best Sue Storm. But we know, know that's not the I, case. That's the issue is that we know, well, I know. we so know it's not I, the case because we know that Josh wanted to cast all Black Storm characters. So we know he was looking for specific people to play a certain role, right. and he had to compromise well, by giving one of the roles to a white person. I guess. I see. Well, I don't know what the whole casting was. Was it a situation where going into it, they were like, "We want a black, like I want a black Johnny Storm." Because even then, I just don't like that conversation. I mean, maybe it has to be had, but like, I just don't like the thing of like, yeah, going into the movie like we're going with a black Johnny Storm, a black Franklin Rich, a black Franklin Franklin Storm, and then a white Sue Storm. Like, I don't know. I just think that's weird. I mean, you could do it, but why don't we go about this cast? Put in, have an open casting, all races, and who's the best actor? Who's the best Johnny Storm? I mean, I guess the argu- I guess the argument again. Well, how did that's how that's how we. Like, I think yeah, I want to get Shamari. Right, and I get that. And I want to get Shamari in quickly. I think the idea was, I agree with that. That's how I would I would have done it. But I think that the idea was it's more complicated when it's a family. Again, it's, it's you can't just be like. Well, they did it anyway, but it's kind of hard to be like, all right, we gotta have a Latino Johnny Storm, uh, uh, you know, an Israeli uh, Sue Storm, and uh, Sudanese uh, Franklin Richards, or Franklin Storm. It doesn't work. Like, it doesn't matter. It, like, it's not gonna be the best actor for every role. It's just that's just not how it works. So he came to the mindset of like, he wanted the Storm to be black. 
you know, for whatever reasons he had. I guess maybe he wanted to insert diversity, you know, whatever. And we again, that's a a little bit of a tightly a, a slightly separate conversation than the conversation I'm having. My conversation is, what about black women? Did you not think? Did you think it was so problematic that you were willing to have some cockamamie, cr- crazy excuse for why the storms were different races? And that's again, I'm not. I don't know what the answer is. I can think. Of, I think I can think of some that are very bad. That's why I need to hear what the answer is, so that I don't ha- think of the worst of Fox uh, Studios, which don't really exist anymore. So I guess we'll yeah, never know. Twentieth Century Studios. Twentieth yeah. Century Fox Studios, but that's that's my. I mean, Sham, what do you what do you stand on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a legitimate question. Um, I mean, the way he frames it, I mean, he definitely makes it seem like it's it's a it's it that race was the issue. I mean, I I mean, of course, I have no I have no idea. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to yeah I don't yeah I don't really know. I mean, my gut reaction is, of course, I didn't want any of them to be black. I want more original black right. characters. Right. Um, you know, so that's my gut reaction to the story as a whole. Um, but when it comes to, I guess, that specific situation, yeah, I mean, it looks shady. You know, it, it looks weird. If if he if he came up to them and was like, I want black storms, and they were like, you can have a black dad and a black brother, but the black sister, the sister, nah. It's like, why? You know, so that's, that's, that's suspect. Right, right, so, I mean, that's definitely suspect. I so, mean, do yeah. we feel like maybe they just thought it would have been too jarring for people from a marketing perspective? It's uh-huh. jarring to have two people related that aren't of the same race. Clearly. Like, that, I mean, yeah, like that's yeah. what I'm trying to say, Kendall. Like, that, like, that excuse to me gets thrown out the window of what they actually did. Yeah. Which is, from you, you have a black father, a black son, and then a white woman in there. That... Well, yeah. Now, we're that, talking about... I'm just saying weird. from a marketing perspective, you know, we're talking about the Fantastic Four, you know, people watching, people seeing the posters, the trailers, they see, all right, Black Johnny Storm, that was the only conversation. Honestly, people weren't really talking about Franklin Storm, right? We didn't know he was in the movie kind of until we saw the movie. <laughs> but, like, so it was, all right, so they made Johnny Storm black. We assumed Johnny Storm was adopted. You know, we saw right, this is the story they're telling. And... So it wasn't that jarring. It was that was jarring. Think about that. Like that was jarring. Oh, we have a black Johnny Storm. Imagine what the conversation would have been if it was a black Johnny Storm and a black Sue Storm. Whether or not you think that that's a, whether or not the conversation, you know, the people against it for the most part would have been racist or would have been, you know, had a problematic viewpoint anyway. But I, but from a from a studio perspective, they're talking about we're trying to make the most money. On this movie, a movie that wouldn't have made any money anyway, it was a terrible movie. But if it's about trying to make the most money, did they feel like, all right, this this now compromises whatever diversity you're trying to add by maybe people feeling like this is now you're straying away from it a little a, a, a little bit. And, you know, Michael B. Jordan I thought was was great as Johnny Storm. You know, so honestly, like I just feel like once you want to lose him necessarily. If they felt, I don't know what the process was. I don't know if it was like if they casted Johnny Storm afterwards or if they casted Jordan afterwards or what. But I don't know. I but I feel think- like with the Fantastic Four, Johnny and Sue being related and being brother and sister is like basic level information. 
So as soon as you make them different races, the cat is out of the bag with drawing. It's all automatically drawing. If if they decide to make Ben uh, Grimm black and Reed Richards black, that doesn't really affect much, which has always been the point we've had about changing races. Uh, those characters could be black. It, it's not a big deal, other than it's just not looking the same. But or just making the thing black, or just making Reed Richards black, like that. It doesn't change all that much. But when you're talking about thing two characters that are related. I wouldn't like that. But. <laughs> like that, like that, that, that creates the dragon. I mean, look, they just made, I mean, look, we talked so about this before, you know, like they made it, you know, he's adopted, you know, and I mean, or she was adopted. Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying that the explanation is what it is. They, I mean, they had something, you know, it's not like they just like, we're just like, yeah, you know, but they actually went away yeah, from the source material, but they actually went away from the source material to explain the the weirdness with the races, like you're talking about, we need to be close to the source material. So let's break source material. Like you get how that how much of a, a web it spun them in, which is what I guess now, Josh yeah. is trying to say that this was a mess, and I should have walked away as soon as they gave me this nonsense. Now, I mean, look, you're making 100% great points from a maybe a story perspective in terms of it being cockamamie or them trying to throw, go through loops and playing 3D 4D chess but when we're talking about Fox we're talking about the suits if they're coming in those guys are coming in the CEOs those guys and girls coming in saying we can't we can't do this from a marketing perspective it could be it, it could be disastrous unfortunately uh, I mean I mean maybe they for for whatever reason, I don't know why. Now, honestly, I don't think um, I, I think the controversy wouldn't have been as bad as maybe those people thought. The controversy with Michael B. Jordan was it was what it was. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it could have been that much more worse if there was a black suit story. It would have made sense, but yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it it's odd. I mean, and I just, I definitely, I definitely see it. It definitely does have a kind of like well, it's kind of weird. Um. Still, I mean, my gut reaction is always just like, you know, I don't know. I think I think they all should have been white just for continuity's sake. Right. Um, like I didn't like it when uh, uh, they made a uh, they casted um, Anna Jop as Starfire, and a lot of people didn't like it. And though I thought she did a fantastic job, I'm not gonna say she didn't deserve the role, um, but it's just, um, and not that Starfire was white; she was orange. <laughs> right. That, that was always the thing with me. But. Yeah. Um, uh, and they also kind of made her more like, um, made her look more like actually Beyonce even in uh, Injustice, right, Injustice right, version. Right. But like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just yeah. I mean, we've seen I, Iris I, West. I yeah. It's been, you know, in, in recent West. media has been kind of has been made into a black character, and that hasn't, yeah. that hasn't ruffled really any feathers. Yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, I um, just I just want more. In more like new black characters to be featured. Right. That's what I want. I want more black heroes. Period. Right. I think Marvel and DC should jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. You know, and not just black versions of black, not just black newer versions of heroes. Not just not, a black, not a not a black Spider Man, a black yeah, Green Lantern. I, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. I want a new black. A black uh, Batman. Uh, yeah, a black Batman. <laughs> it's like no, I want a new black hero, Luke Cage style, just a new static, black hero, yeah. static. 
You know, I feel like they, when they jump on that bandwagon, then that'll show, okay, no, they really, like, created by a black, like, creator, writer. Right. I'll be like, now nah, they're, okay, now nah, they're really, they're really actually trying to represent us. You know, they're not just, exactly. it's not just, it's not, it's less tokeny. You know, it's less just, oh, let's get a token, you know, black person in there. No, it's like, they really want to represent, like, black art, you know, like, black, um, you know, black creation. Yeah. The, well the, said, com- yeah. the comments by Trank, the the timing of them is a little weird. You know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I mean, know- he's been talking every day. I don't know. It's not weird to me. He's trying. He's trying to use to me the 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 momentum of everybody kind of second guessing studios after the Zack Snyder stuff, and he's been using that to talk about how hey, don't put just, that Fantastic Four movie on my name. I understand that. But just I don't know. I think the with all the the race stuff happening, I'm not sure how I feel about. That's Trank. why he did it. <laughs> the timing. Is... That's how I feel about him coming out and you know saying, "Oh, I wanted a black suit store," you know, and Fox didn't let me. Like, all right, good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, for that trash I, I, movie, I'm gonna I be honest. I'm going to be honest. I did kind of feel that a little bit when I first heard about this. He's like, "I tried to make. I a was black, like, I'm a champion for I race. wanted to be a black." Storm family, I'm just like, wow, thank you so much. Your trash movie, <laughs> whatever. Like, and I didn't, and I was like, he's the like, last guy. Part of it be like, part of it be like, Josh, Mr. Trank, none of us asked for that. <laughs> I didn't ask for that. I didn't want that. You gave it to me anyway, even though I didn't want it. And look, Michael B. Jordan know. was good. I, I even like Franklin Storm. <laughs> he was two good actors. Look, maybe the yeah, black exactly. actress would have been great. You know, I think, I think the two, I, and. Honestly, Kate Mara didn't do the best job, in my opinion. But no, was Kate Mara was awful in that movie. Let's keep it one hundred. You know? But yeah, but none of those things had anything to do with that movie being yeah. a train wreck. So, like, I just I don't know. The timing of this yeah. is just weird. It's just, it's just know, like, just... why do you why are you trying to maybe well, maybe just trying to do his part to expose people? Yeah, you know. And if that's that's what he, that's the intention, I get it. But it just doesn't feel. Like, why did you say this months ago, Trent? Why did you say this months ago? Why is this something where it's like, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, like, I wanted a Black Suit Storm, and I didn't get it. I'm in, why, the, why I'm did... in the movement, too, guys. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. Thank you. Honestly, yeah. if this movie, maybe it's not a right, the right mindset for me, but if this movie was better, you know, I had the comments would have more legitimacy. I'd be like, man, they didn't, they, they told this guy no. But this, honestly, right. yeah, exactly. you know, yeah, tell this guy no. I mean, I get it. <laughs> Josh Drake is in the end all be all in Hollywood, so I don't know. I feel ya. Um, let's let's get to the uh, show recaps for the end of the show here. So let's first talk about Ages of Shield. This is season seven, episode two. Know your onions. Um, this is our last episode in nineteen thirties. Man, I'm gonna miss that uh that title. Ages of Shield, nineteen thirty style title that they show in the, in the beginning of the episode. It's a little so cool. I was kind of getting used to it. Now I know they're not going to be staying in nineteen thirty one. Uh, I I enjoyed this episode. Um, this episode was uh, really fun. I liked the reveal of them. We learned last week knowing that this was you know Gideon Malik's son or uh, father rather, who uh, is I uh, you know an underling and trying to. Uh, work his way up the ranks of hydra and i just thought this kind of became a a great like kind of like you know cockamamie chase after this kid and trying to protect him to be honest i kind of wish it would have lasted a little bit longer 
um, the you know we kind of got our answers to whether or not okay is this going to be us jumping from timeline to timeline or are we going to be staying in 1931? And I, I said that I, I kind of didn't want them to just stay in this one timeline, but I didn't, I didn't know I didn't know I don't think I wanted them to leave 1931 this quickly. I thought maybe one more episode in the in this arc could have worked. Now that we know this is going to be kind of it seems like the Crotacoms is going to different time periods to try to stop shield from being the force that it becomes okay that's good because it, it will allow agents of shield to kind of really give us kind of love letter to the marvel cinematic universe that we had in this episode with you know this being uh malachon trying to deliver this the secret soldier serum that hydra was going to develop that that doctor would then eventually go to give captain america like all that stuff was awesome but i just wish maybe it was a little bit longer a little bit more drawn out um so we'll see where the next uh, adventure comes. But I always felt like S.H.I.E.L.D. was at his best, and we've talked about it before, when it's kind of done more longer story arcs. If this is going to be kind of like this thing where it's kind of like quick hitters, it could be fun, but I, it's a little different for what Agents has done and what they've been best at. So, uh, But I did I did enjoy this episode a lot. Um, shout out to uh, uh, Patton Oswalt. I think that he was uh, definitely probably the star of this episode. Um, he's maybe been the star of the season so far. I think that he's been outstanding. Uh, so, but but I enjoyed it. I thought this was I thought this was good. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what the ramifications will be for the kind of division in the team in regards to, you know, May and me Daisy kind of wanting them to kill Malik and you know other people saying we can't do that. And I hope that that kind of becomes a, a sticking point. And maybe a point of contention for the rest of the season. Because I think, as great as Agents is, I think that as a team, as a family, I think they are sometimes also really strong when they're not seeing eye to eye. I think sometimes we get our best acting performances when we do that. So uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing where they continue. I'm hoping we get to see Fitz soon, though. That's the one thing I'm also uh, kind of waiting for. But I like this episode. Yeah, I think us seeing Fitz will be... I think it'll, be def- it'll definitely be welcome. Because uh, he's definitely one of the top talents in the show at this point um but i thought this was a good episode also i mean i feel like it's just always consistency with this show um the acting performances were good i agree Patton oswalt was really good in this episode um and uh yeah i mean i was not i have to say i was not expecting them to leave this quickly i remember last time i was saying i'd be fine if they were stayed in this period uh but they didn't which which i hey i'm cool with that so, um, so yeah, they're off, and and Enoch isn't there anymore, which I'm I'm a little sad about. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna lie, man. Enoch, that's a big loss. Uh, he was a constant source of of uh, you know, kind of comic relief and just I don't know, just <laughs> just constant intrigue, I guess, with having a chronic com as a part of the team. Uh, so that was pretty fun, but um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. I mean, a lot of suspense, a lot of action, and um, you know, very interested to see what's going on with May. She was bugging out this episode, being all. Yeah, I'll be honest. That's the one, only part of this season so far that I'm not really all that excited for. Really? Yeah. I, I, what they're doing, where they're going with it, not so far. I'm like, okay, May's emotionless based on the treatment she had to revive her. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe if we had more episodes and more time to kind of unpack this, but the fact that we don't, 
I just feel like either they're going to rush through it to get us back the old May that we had, or this is going to drag on for too long, and by the time we get the real May back, like, it'll only be a couple episodes. Like, I I don't know. I think they should have just had her, she was going to come back, have her come back as May. She could deal with, like, the emotional trauma of what she dealt with, but to have her not deal with it at all and almost be non-human and see her eventually try to work her way back to being the old May, I, we don't have enough episodes for that, you know? <laughs> 13 episodes left. Well, 11 episodes left now. Like, we don't have that time to be wasting with that storyline. So, if there's anything I would say was a minus for me is that this is that I we learned that this is the direction they're going with this May character for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the 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 May kind of twist was interesting. Um, I thought it was interesting to follow. I, I thought it was. Uh, it's not what I expected, but um, I'll give it time. You know, I don't know if it's going to be, like, five episodes. Uh, it may be a couple. Um, I agree that it does feel like something where if this is still going on five, six episodes from now, we'll be talking about this show saying, all right, I'm kind of done with all this May stuff. But um, hopefully they don't drag it on too long. Um, look, I, I agree with you guys. I thought that the time period, the, the way they told that that 30s time period was great. Um the, the little Easter eggs they threw in there, the kind of the time references were cool. Um, I'm I, I'm not necessarily sh- I'm not upset that they're going, you know, because I'm again we talked about this last time, but I I am more in favor of the Legends of Tomorrow kind of aspect of it, where they kind of go through time rather than them that rather than it being Agent Carter 2.0. Um, so I think that I think this that this could be interesting, and I'm sure it's not gonna it's gonna be it's like again it's gonna be a Legends of Tomorrow where it'll be a period piece, but it'll be different periods of time. Like, I don't think they're going back to 2020. That'd be kind of whack. But you know if they go to 1950 something, the 1970 something, the 1980, 1990, 2000, like oh, Legends of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Just completely, just completely ripped the Legends of Tomorrow model. Um, I think it could be cool. Uh, shout out. Uh, shout out to Abraham Erkstein or Eckstein, uh, who was the uh, doctor from Civil uh, from Captain America: First Avenger. Shout out Johann Schmidt to you know <laughs> that, those guys getting a uh, yeah man those guys getting a, a shout out was was great yeah, to, yeah, great man. to hear especially since they don't really connect themselves to the to the Marvel movies as much as they used to so it's kind of cool seeing them going back to those roots a little bit but. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was a good episode. And the stuff with Malik, I thought was actually interesting. I thought it was actually very interesting the way he was. You could tell that dude was kind of on edge to the point where it was like, yeah, I mean, this guy is probably not the best guy. Like, I yeah. can see this guy being Hydra. I can see him being kind of a little know. fanatical. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all the backstory with him, his father, you know, and him eventually, yeah. you know. Start doing the stuff that he does with Hydra and him shipping the this the soldier serum super soldier serum ingredient and what ultimately the story they end up telling with Gideon Malik like they all that was interesting. So I'm uh I, I thought it was a good episode. I'll give it a thumbs up. Let's uh now finish the show talking about Stargirl. So we last spoke about the pilot episode. We've had three episodes since we've had Stripe. Uh, episode two, Icicle, episode three, and Wildcat, episode four. Obviously, we're not going to go through all of these episodes. Um, but I would just say overall so far, 
Uh, I'm liking where the show is going. I think it's been uh, a solid start so far. Uh, I thought the Ice Core episode was uh, probably my favorite of these three. Though I, I, I did think the way Icicle killed uh, Wizard's, Wizard's son was a little weird. It didn't seem, seem unrealistic. His, power, his powers overall, I think, kind of are the most broken of anyone on the show. Uh, Icicle? Like, yeah. In my I mean, they kind of have to be if they're gonna set him up as the big bad. Unfortunately, that's, that's true. But like he like blew, uh, he was able to bl- from distance blow a little bit of wind and to make the kid lose one card that made the kid walk in front of a truck that he was able to freeze. Like I was just like I'm like what? Like I literally yelled what when I saw that. I wasn't, um, I wasn't that crazy about that. Why did he get that guy killed? Kid killed? Was there a reason for that? Oh, I guess we don't know. He's making a new America. But it's kind of unclear why the kid had to go in making that. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I, yeah, that, we, yeah, I, we don't know yet. Yeah, so I, I gotta figure that stuff out yet. But I did like I like the high school character. I like that he kind of plays this like two parties, and these two people. Um, this kind of like you know entrepreneur businessman with you know Courtney's mom with, and then you know this you know cold blooded killer, no pun intended, uh, as Icicle. Uh, the Wildcat story. I, I like the Wildcat story too. I did feel like um, the mask they gave the girl didn't look as great as I probably would have liked it to be, um, the Kyle. But uh, right. I did think that it was cool that like you know the 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 costume like gave shrunk, her yeah. powers and kind of shrunk to her. Thing. Like I I did think that was neat because you know by I think all of our accounts like Wildcat just like a really athletic dude. Like yeah, I was going to say, I, was like, I don't know if I could believe that this girl just he doesn't have power. So when I saw her, she was in the Wildcat. I saw her boxing. I'm like, come on, fam. Like, yeah. Come on, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a matter of months, she's, she's become like, knocking out yeah. uh, uh, Icicle. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt the exact same way. So when I saw how they did that, I was like, okay, I, I, I that was cool. Um, I, And I liked her, but I did like her backstory. You know, again, this is going to be a show that they're hoping that will catch the eyes from teens. And I think that you know the idea of uh, revenge porn kind of being very much an issue with kids in high school. I think they handled that pretty well. You know, I I wasn't crazy about the Latino parents being seen by such terrible people. Um, that was probably the only thing that was a little off-putting. But otherwise, I I I I I, I like that episode too. And I think this is I think this so far the show. It's somewhat headed in the right direction. I do think that we need Stargirl and, you know, whoever her, her companions are going to be in this mission. They need to kind of take a step back because they're all still amateurs. And I do hope that we don't get in a situation where they're just able to just defeat, like, I don't think they will. But, no, they keep building up the Injustice Society, these, like, killers, which they are. We can't have a teenager who's never done this before and a bunch of other teenagers who haven't done this before defeat these guys easily. In fact, I don't know if they should even defeat them. Like I would argue that maybe the season should kind of end on a cliffhanger, where maybe they're all kind of fighting them again starting next season. But, uh, but I, I like this episode. The season's been good so far. Um, I do feel like Jeff Johns. I definitely feel his presence on this show. I definitely feel his presence as a dad who probably talks to his kids about stuff, and they like look at him like, "What are you talking about?" Like I think that anytime he writes. Luke Wilson's stripe character 
talking to his son. I just feel like it's Jeff Johns probably talking, like, the conversation he has with his kids all the time. Um, it just feels very much like dad joke, dad, like, kind of, like, humor. And it works for me. Maybe because I'm getting older now. But uh, but those scenes uh, work well. That kind of, the generational gap we see kind of on display. Uh, they, it's written well, and I like it. So, uh, good stuff so far. Definitely goofy. Um, but I think, considering it's a different Earth, and this is the Earth with the JSA, and the JSA gold era DC stuff is more goofy. I think it actually kind of works with what they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I like the episodes a lot. I think this show's on a roll for me personally. I haven't seen anything where I was like, except I think the death was the only thing that kind of confused me a little bit. The death of the kid, because right. uh, I, I, I had to like kind of rewind. Kind it was of sad. Like, I was like, wait, what? Happened? I was like, damn. Really but um, but yeah, it was sad. Yeah, it, uh, it was definitely sad. But um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, outside of that, and I agree with with Wildcat's mask too. It just looks a little puffy. Right. Um, I think and they, they tried to they, create I, the effect of the puffiness in the actual Wildcat mask, but for some reason it just didn't work. Right. I, I think their yeah, thing was like a, I don't think like they. I don't think they want her to look like Catwoman necessarily. You know, so if it's a little I, too I tight, it's a little too small. It can be like, oh, what's the difference between her and Catwoman? I know? agree, but like, so I think that, it would have made it more jarring. Yeah, what they got, it don't work. Yeah, it didn't in work. In terms yeah. of just the mask itself, the rest of the suit I think looks great. Um. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, if that is her mask, I mean, I can live with it as long as they have cool fight scenes and whatnot. Um, but outside of those things, everything else I'm digging. I love all the characters. I love all the acting performances. I love all the storylines. I love the parents. The fact that the parents are interacting with these villains in different weird ways. Um, I love that uh, that that con that parent that uh, whatever that was the opening night homecoming night whatever that was where all the parents were there. Oh, I like the like the uh, kind of the parent teacher yeah, like the parent teacher night. Yeah, that, like, was, that, cool. that was good. That was that, those were good scenes. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of high school throwbacks, callbacks that are like right. that you don't really see in super, especially not in superhero shows. Um, you know, so I so yeah, I mean, I'm liking. It. It's like a weird fusion of like Degrassi or. Riverdale or something with like a superhero show, um, and this is a lot of a lot of um, I don't know, just a lot more heart in this show than I've seen. It's almost like a, a like a uh, um, which I guess like a Modern Family almost or something. Like it's, it's just a heart to this show. All, All the right. characters, uh, uh, Owen Wilson's character, the son, the uh, Star Girl herself. I don't know, just a cheeriness to it that you really don't see really in almost any right. superhero shows, um, except maybe shows like Supergirl. But I feel like Supergirl sometimes it seems kind of phony, almost like kind of fake. Yeah, Supergirl <laughs> mad cheesy. It seems like like overly cheesy right. to the point where it's like what? But, but, wink, wink. Yeah, ah, <laughs> get it. You know, it's like, uh, but this this one it seems like okay, she's a kid. She's acting like how a kid would act. <laughs> right. And she's she's young too. She's like twenty one. You know, she's probably acting like how she would act. Yeah. You know, she's not that much older than her character anyway. Right. So it's like, it works. It's working really well for me. I'm digging it. I think it's really good. Yeah. We... Sorry, go ahead, Kendall. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that this uh, this show has had a good start so far. Um, you know, I, I wasn't the most excited for this series, I'll admit. Um, so far, it has intrigued me. I'm not gonna lie, you know. Now again, the Berlanti Cliff <laughs> is a thing. All so, right. but I, but we're far from that. We're far from that. That's a season two, season three <laughs> issue. That's not a season one issue. But season one has been solid. The you Johns know? Cliff. 
<laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but to me, this is we talk about the mix in terms of the style of show. Um, we're talking about something that is. I get Disney vibes in terms mm-hmm. of like that, you know, Disney Nickelodeon, like that Zoe One Hundred and One kind of feel. Oh, yeah, that, well, I mean, yeah, that you know, Hannah Montana kind of feel. <laughs> you know, this seems. This seems. I, I. I think this is yeah. way darker than that. I mean, they went with a full revenge porn story in episode four. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess if you want to talk about like, obviously the age range is different, but um, I mean, they're high school. It's the same age. Yeah, you know, in terms of like the the rating, you know, okay. different. But yeah, I mean, I, that's the feel I get in terms of like Shamari said, the positivity, the heart. You know, kind of has that mindset to it. Uh, there's a little bit of a. Uh, a little bit of a Marvel feel. This feels like a Marvel show. Um, it's DC, but it kind of feels Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. It feels... I don't know. I, I think that this has been good. Um, I, I... I don't know. I mean, I think that this has been a good show. I think it's been solid. I think uh, Jeff Sean's done a good job. I think uh, everyone involved has done a good job. Um... My favorite scene so far was the uh, the end of episode two when they introduced Icicle and they're playing the man by the killers. Uh, selfishly, that's my uh, that's my intro music on the UFC game, EA Sports <laughs> UFC game. So shout out to that song. But uh, so that got me nostalgic. All the hey, but overall, no, this has been a um, this has been a good this has been a good run. Um, some of the stuff, like EJ mentioned, in terms of it being, you know, a little darker than, like, your Zoe 101, like, some of that stuff's a little played out, you know, I think. <laughs> um, but, like, maybe the people that normally watch a superhero show don't watch those kind of shows, you know? Right. We, obviously, we grew up, you know, we watched a lot of those different types of shows, so I've seen yeah. some of these storylines over and over and over <laughs> again <laughs> to the point where it's like, all right, you know, we get it. But, um, but you know, again, it's a superhero show in that in that regard, so it's like, it's kind of a mix of... You know, if you're Degrassi on steroids or you're, you know, uh, Euphoria. yeah, you may not Euphoria, <laughs> but you, you said Riverdale, you know, or that type of thing. So, um, no, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I think, I think it's got potential, but, um, long term, I'm still not sure. Uh, I'm still not sure about it, but. In the immediate future, the, another also when you talk about the mix of shows that it reminds me of, a little bit of Runaways as well. I get a Runaways vibe mm. in terms of yeah. I you know, you mentioned that. the the maturity to it, um, as well as the heart, but also when Shamari mentioned the parents being so integral yeah. in the story and being so interwoven with each other, yeah. that my that even though Runaways is in a big city, it's in Los Angeles, um, like. Because the characters all knew each other, this is in a small town where the characters also all know each other yeah, and all yeah. interact. This, this almost makes more sense that it would be more interwoven. Yeah, it's in a small yeah. Town. Runaway is, is this huge conspiracy. This is more of a natural thing that just right, you know. Yes. Yeah, of course, Icicle has a job and he interacts with <laughs> right. you know Stargirl's mom and you know Pat you know works and he knows this guy and he knows that guy and. They all know. But the wizard was also is now you know running the Senate or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this is all stuff that this is all stuff that kind of makes sense. So definitely some runaways to it as well. So 
I mean, I think it's been it's, I think it's been good so far. Um, but yeah, I, I've been excited. Was that Grundy in in episode two? Yeah, with, with Icicle? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to see Grundy. Yeah, yeah. excited effect, to see what you say. And the effects on this show have been on point. They've been solid. Uh, so they far. have. Been solid. Yeah, I, they I don't have. know if they've taken like any massive massive risks yet, but they've been solid. You know, I mean, I guess the Stripe character is kind of a uh, Iron Giant, so like that's yeah. already a little <laughs> a little risky. But um. But yeah, I'm excited to see Grundy. I'm excited to see Sportsmaster. Uh, and I'm excited to see how they, they, they do this JSA thing. Because I, I didn't know they would do all these characters like that. Mm. You know, I thought they were just going to make up their own characters. This was going to be kind of just Dang. some nonsense. Like, oh, make okay, up yeah, something. We're just going to make up, hey, you know, uh, Hero Boy and Sh- Shark <laughs> Boy, Lava Girl. Tight man. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So I so this is this is interesting. You know, are they gonna make someone Green Lantern or are they gonna make someone Doctor Fate? Like I don't know. We'll mm. see. Exactly. John, John's okay. nose. <laughs> um I think that's a good place to wrap uh, this show this week, guys. So thank you all for listening to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. Of course you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, make sure you check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod. On Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And on, Instagram, and on, uh, and on tw- uh, Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow Shamari on Twitter, uh, excuse me, on Instagram and on uh, Snapchat, MCShan22. Follow me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, ActionEJ. Thank you guys so much for listening in. For Shamari, for Kendall. I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.